0: Okay, let's get started.
2: Just your high, cause once we Turtle time. Amy, Riley.
1: Um, we're we're closer on this couch. You ever notice that? Yeah, it's petite. It's it's much closer than we ever are, right? Yeah. Because even at my, co- my couch at home, which seems smaller than, than your couch, your traditional couch, this is closer.
3: We're face-to-face. It's a little, uh,
1: what's that called when you're too close to someone and you're looking in for their comfort. eyes? What'd you say?
3: <laughs> too close for comfort.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But I like, I mean, obviously I like staring at you in the face, but um, it's just like, look how close we are. Yeah, it's intimate. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like yeah, it's a little, di- like you can't. There's no distance here. It's like, we're really talking, yeah. right?
2: Um,
3: people, Some people know, but I'm staying in an Airbnb right now, and every single item of furniture is from Ikea, including, like, the bed, the chairs, the couch, like, everything. And got to say, uh, it's not the best.
1: Oh, you don't like this Ikea <laughs> furniture?
3: I feel like if I move too fast or hard it will all break
1: oh yeah i mean while i was just uh, reorienting myself before the episode i think i broke the back of your couch
3: it doesn't i think it's modular oh oh like it does something weird i think like velcro's off or something that's what it is yeah okay good i thought
1: i for sure broke this couch um but i do love i you know i do love this new little beautiful you know airbnb that you're at yeah it's a little hobbit
3: hole i do quite like it here but um yeah it sucks my uh, old bed was a great bed. Um, and so now we're both on a smaller, it's like a queen, oh. which I don't know how you guys roll, but we were a California King household. California King? <laughs> My God. I could roll like seven times and never touch Jimmy, oh. which is preferred.
1: Oh, you don't want to touch him. I understand. I've only slept in a California King maybe once or twice in my life when I was at the King's Palace. No, it was, a, it was at a hotel in Cambria and they had a California King and me and my wife. I mean, I was like, whoa, we have like five feet in between us. Yeah. We could like, it's a different experience. Yeah,
3: that's great. Um, we had to have, so California, I believe is longer and Eastern is wider and we had to get California because our old Wait. bed was in
1: a nook. Oh, wait, is that true? California Kings are longer?
3: Yeah, because our bed fit exactly into a nook. And I had originally ordered the Eastern. And then I got home from the store and was like, oh, shit, no, we need California and switched it. um, Because the Eastern would have been a couple inches too wide. There's not too much difference. Honestly, California King, I feel like, has this reputation that it's like so much more baller. But like, it's just a matter of like, if it's wider or longer.
1: Okay, so... So but when you're saying that you and Jimmy don't have to touch it all at night, that's still a wider bed, right?
3: I mean, king is
1: just King is huge. <laughs> right. I've been living a queen's life. <laughs> so and snug. I I'll tell you, yeah. I mean, you didn't ask about me and my wife sleeping, <laughs> but we you we there's not much space, especially yeah. with a dog in the bed. We sleep oh, with yeah. a little Archie in the yeah. bed. It's like it's a mess
3: yeah, at night. Yeah. It's so much smaller than I remembered. Like I was like queen's only a little smaller than a king and I was like what is this a full
1: Right. When you're back on, what you're in now, right? Yeah. So wait, why did Californians need a longer bed? I would want a wider bed, like Easterners. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't
3: know. Maybe Californians are taller.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm tall.
3: I'm a Cali girl.
1: Me too. How tall are you? I've never asked. 5'10". Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm 6'2", I think. Um, Cool. Well- that was awesome uh
3: (laughs) do you think ken and lisa have a bed that's even bigger than a king like a custom do you think they sleep on like a round bed like a heart-shaped bed
1: okay so yeah you just said heart-shaped bed that seems to me the most likely but also i was thinking lisa and ken might not want a huge bed because they want to be closer to each other and be able to touch
3: yeah snuggle
1: right yeah that's so sweet yeah do you ever picture that
3: them snuggling when I close my eyes
1: well I mean you know the one time when we saw when we went to Villa Rosa and we saw them taking a nap they were cuddling (laughs) do you remember that
3: I oh yeah and then uh on the new episode this week we got some footage of Ken taking a nap
1: I know that was did you like that (laughs) it was funny yeah I like that too well good I mean sleeping habits and everything is so interesting when you really think about it right (laughs) can I can I say you know I don't want to out where you live now. But, you know. You can and, say the neighborhood. Yeah. Th- what What is this neighborhood called? Beechwood Canyon. Okay. Can I say what notable people that now we're <laughs> sort of in the same, breathing the same air um, yeah. as? Yeah. Stassi and Bo. That's true. And we don't want to, I don't also want to let people know where they live because I don't want them to. I feel like they're
3: open about living in the yeah. Hollywood Hills. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, people know where they live. But anyway, it's just kind of nice. Like We just walk around your Airbnb and you see Stassi and Bo walking around. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, just
3: like, hey, neighbor. Yeah, it's kind of (laughs)
1: fun. Everywhere we go, we're sort of kind of close to the Vanderpump Rules universe. It's important.
3: Uh, I'm closer than ever to Schwartz and Sandy's.
1: Yeah, have you dipped in i a... haven't
3: gone yet i'm always kind of confused about when they're open
1: oh right I, it's like you don't know what day or what hour or whatever they i doing could watch, walk they're doing watch parties now on oh, tuesday yeah.
3: maybe i should go next week we'll see yeah I'll what do you, you
1: think the, uh, the last three times i've been uh the vibes have been like not fun
3: like dead
1: dead and also um the way people ha- like the people that are around sandoval now Are people that uh, are not behaving properly, Mm. like because he's not in good stature or whatever? That the people that want to be Sandoval's hanger-ons now have weird energy. You know, it's like because he's not embraced by the world, so the people that like are. Want to be around him now are the people that like want to take advantage of the fact that he's in a low place and like they hope that they can like be friends with him. So there's always just sort of I don't know how to describe that energy, but it's sort of like you know that they for the most part don't have good intentions because right. it hasn't been redeemed in the public space. Yeah. And so that's what it felt because we went to the the sand uh, the holiday party, Schwartz and Sandy's oh, right. holiday party, and it was just kind of bad energy in there. And I think that even Schwartz's good energy can't counter Sandoval's sort of negative energy, at least now. For yeah, the time being.
3: yeah. I need to go scope it for myself. I don't know how I would feel to see Sandoval in the wild these days. I was thinking about it when they were showing that footage of him at the airport, and I was like, I feel like seeing him now is like seeing a Sasquatch or something where you're like,
1: <gasps> <gasps> Yeah, that's what uh, that's Schwartz said. Krypton, remember? Oh, right, right, cryptid. Right. Yeah, crypt. Oh, yeah, cryptid. Yeah, but anyway, well, I mean, I think you should, since you're so close, you should just scope out the vibe at at the watch party and just see what it's like even if you dipped in and just see like how I don't know it's I guess like I don't feel uncomfortable going to Schwartz and Sandy's even though you're I guess supporting half a cheater a cheater (laughs) but but it is like I guess the people that have accepted Sandoval already I I don't know I guess it's like until he's redeemed in public society the people that like want to be his friend and like love are like Trying, i don't know i don't are trying to be around him like you're kind of suspicious Desperate. of that activity right
3: yeah um no yeah i need i'll go i'll let you guys know what happens if i go my goal is to get schwartz to gift me a new schwartz and sandy's hat because mine was lost
1: that is probably like the like you could just expect that that'll happen like if you tell him the story like you're getting but then hat. if it
3: doesn't that would suck so bad he would I mean, he's like he, it's only forty dollars
1: i i can't even <laughs> i can't even imagine a world where he would say he brings Please out like it. an iPad. Yeah. He's, he's like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh
3: my God, thank you so much. And he's like, uh, we, we use Square here.
1: Yeah. I think he would. I, I, I feel like if I know him, like I think I do, he would be very nice about it and give you one. I
3: think so. They have cute stuff, actually. The like ashtray and the shot glasses are cute.
1: I haven't seen any of their stuff.
3: They're, it's cute. Okay. I liked my hat from there. I wore it uh, until
1: it was shameful to wear it. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when is it ever going to feel right to go to that bar again and not feel guilty <laughs>
3: i know it feels like wearing like a maga hat kind of now mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're doing yeah. it to be a little stinker
1: what yeah oh, totally yeah <laughs> it's like what is that you're indignant yeah you're like fuck you i do what i want yeah don't I... tread on me <laughs> yeah it's sort of ha- well wait don't tread on me is good that's what we said to the british right
3: yeah but it has a uh, kind of nasty connotations now when you see one of those flags it's akin to a maga oh, flag don't tread on me is yes
1: <laughs> and we've already talked about this, but that's not the one where the snake is separated. That's that's join or die.
3: Uh, there is a snake. Don't tread on me.
1: Don't tread on. <laughs> I always see the one where it's the it's the it's the original colonies and they're all the snake and it's cut them all up where do you see that i always see that when i watch john adams like in silver lake (laughs) Well, no there's i yeah well i see people with tattoos of it where it's like north carolina you know what i'm talking about that snake image and that one says don't tread on me
3: the don't tread on me flag is yellow and has a snake that's like and
1: it doesn't have the colonies chopped up I don't know. Okay, wow. Usually when I see it, I run. (laughs) Me too, but that original sentiment was nice. It was, get get the British out of here, right? Sure,
3: but as you know, uh, things that are old and people that are still into them is sometimes bad.
1: Anyone who's too (laughs) uh, too much enjoys the the early American iconography. (laughs) Yes. I still get (laughs) mad at the British every (laughs) once in a while, but only in a way where I'm like, you were taxing us too damn much. Yeah. We had to get...
3: You should see Hamilton.
1: (laughs) What is it about taxes?
3: Well, it's like King George, and he's like king, a stinker. Don't get me started. <laughs> king
1: George, one of the worst. He, he's, he was, a, he's nuts. I hated that king. I mean, I love the current king, but that king, King George, <laughs> like they were trying to tax us without representation, right? They put yeah. a huge tax on our tea and coffee, which oh we God. loved at the colonies. Oh, my God.
3: Uh, one time in my childhood, we went to Boston, and oh. we did the Boston Tea... Sorry, again, not related to the tea party of modern day. Oh, no. Uh, this is the old, the, the good one, right? Um, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, we went on like the Boston Tea Party tour and you got to like, they had faux tea, like on a rope that you could toss over for your photos. Oh, fake tea? <laughs> like it was like boxes on ropes that you could be like, I'm throwing the tea over.
1: <laughs> uh, that's so cool. <laughs> 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 Let's <go to> Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. I want to drink a Sam Adams beer Ugh, yeah. at one of those original pubs or we'll whatever. We'll do the
3: like independence hall tour, like the trail, whatever that's called.
1: They should have a British soldier that's dressed up like a red coat and they should have one. that Like he says, like, I want to tax you more. And you get to yell you at him. Give him a them, noogie. Yeah. Like you get to, in, it's totally like it's in jest yeah. and it's fun and performative, but he's just like uncle or what was <laughs> not uncle Sam. <laughs> Sorry. That's our tax yeah. guy. Uh, King yeah. George is like King George. Um, wants to tax you, and we're like, shut up. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? <laughs> yeah, and then we could go to Cheers. What is that? Where the bar is? Yeah, it's like right there. I want to go to Boston <laughs> so bad. If I I have not traveled in years. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, th- I think now I might start. Well, I don't Let's know. Go. actually. But yeah, like, I know. We, we need
3: to get you drugs and get you on a plane.
1: I know. I'm, I'm really close to getting my doctor to allow me to have Xanax. It's just a couple more emails of saying how afraid I am <laughs> of flight. I keep sending him the Boeing stuff. I keep saying, you know what I'm talking about. I keep saying, you're
3: blowing up his email.
1: I just say, I just say, have you seen the news lately? There's something weird going on with Boeing. And then I just hope it's like I already told you. I take I take a beta blocker. It doesn't do anything no. for my anxiety. It just slows down my heart rate. But my brain still thinks I'm gonna die on this plane.
3: Well, I'm sure if you uh, nonstop email your doctor, he'll believe you that you're crazy. <laughs>
1: That's, yeah, I would love just a, a nice prescribed Xanax. It sounds. I think
3: we can make it happen. Really. I've heard it's not that hard.
1: Well, my doctor is like a a stickler. I don't want to say his name on the pod in case because I know he listens, but he's a little bit of a stinker about giving me extra stuff.
3: It's, you know.
1: I'm not habit forming. I'm not. He's worried. (laughs) He obviously says you look like someone who has a habit forming. But he could give you like six pills. I know. Yes. Just for the six flights that I would take in (laughs) three years. Yeah. He gave me... I I love saying all my prescriptions, <laughs> but when I broke my back, you remember when oh I fell God. down in the boat and I broke yeah. my back? I got hydrocod, oh, right? Uh, Oxycontin or or hydrocodone? I haven't even taken all of them yet. Yeah. So isn't that the best example of me? <laughs> yeah. Not be like, being look, a, look. Look at these four <laughs> pills that I've saved. So you're like,
3: I'm not going to be Lil Xan. No,
1: I would never do that. He doesn't know me like that. I've only met him four times and it's spaced out once a year. So he doesn't truly know me.
3: You need to find like the John Mullaney doctor who you're he'll just give who, you whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that story when he was just like going up to some guy's random apartment and the guy was like, Take off your shirt. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That was a good, it's uh,
3: wild, uh, that some doctors just are like that.
1: I know. Mine's not like that. He's part of <laughs> That's the Kaiser good. family. Yeah, I, I trust him for the most part. Um, yeah, for the most part. Okay. But you're right. We're going to have a travel era, and I want to go to Boston. I want to throw the tea bag yeah. and sor- sort of recreate the initial um, impetus for why we decided to separate <laughs> from Britain.
3: Yeah. Maybe we can go on a tour one day to very small theaters, like 30 people.
1: Yeah. And- oh, Oh, oh! You mean, you're you talking about a Turtle Time tour? Yeah. Oh, I would love to do that. Turtle Time in Boston.
3: Turtle Time live um, in the park. <laughs> oh, I would
1: love that. Anybody who wants to come to the park can just... Oh, yeah, Venmo us. Yeah. And $10. then, um, and then uh, Megan, yeah, they have to the Venmo us or Megan has like a, a top hat or some sort of old timey <laughs> hat in yeah. Boston uh, to just collect money from yeah. who, anybody. Coins. Who <laughs> <laughs> shillings i would mean, shillings i would like that uh we could do a south um carolina one too because i want to go to charleston probably yes. more than life itself as well for sure so south what's it called south carolina in the park yeah charleston in the park yes From, um
3: maybe central park
1: central park would be big for us <laughs> that have you have you ever seen that that central park documentary by that guy frederick wiseman who does those really slow documentaries where nothing <gasps> happens. Oh, it's really good. It talks about just like what, what central park is used for Mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. It's like, there are a thousand, obviously a thousand different like events that happen every single day. Yeah. It's like massive and beautiful. And it's like all the people that use central park for all the various things. He just spends like weeks there just documenting how much life happens at central park and all the weird uses. So I think if he ever does a you know, an additional one where he wants to do an addendum and he captures turtle time in the park. (laughs) That would be really fun. Yeah. And maybe we do half like Shakespeare recreation with just you and I so that some people get that for their money's worth. And then also we do a little turtle time talk.
3: Yeah. It would look like, have you seen the footage of Diana Ross's concert in Central Park when it rained and it was like, I don't know, like a hundred thousand people were there or something and it rained and she kept performing anyways. And it's like, her like outfits like blowing in the wind it's iconic oh i
1: never saw i saw garth brooks do it
3: oh yeah he had like the most people of all time right
1: he said i mean yeah he's very humble in this documentary <laughs> but he says it's the most people that have ever ever gathered um, i think
3: he's your enemy
1: gar i you're right i don't like <laughs> garth brooks and the reason is is because i didn't know anything about this guy except that he did that chris Gaines, um you know where he became that sort of sort of an emo guy because mm-hmm. he wanted to make music that was more rock oriented, yeah. but not sully his reputation as a country artist. And anyway, so I only knew about that, but I didn't understand his popularity. But then when you watch this A&E Garth Brooks documentary, he is one of the most narcissistic <laughs> monsters I've ever seen captured on camera. But every answer he says, he makes it like it's the most meaningful, emotional thing that he's ever said in his life. He'll yeah. be like, and then my dad told me, wear your hat forward, son, because country artists always have their hat facing front words and then you'll start breaking down crying and it's like what the hell are you talking about And he makes every single statement he says in his life like it's the most meaningful powerful thing and he cries and i'm no offense to people who cry i cry all the time but he cries like i think crocodile tears 10 times he's also he's not humble at all he goes, I had the most people ever, and they said that people couldn't even get to Central Park because they wanted to get there so bad. But he starts crying to make <laughs> it seem like he's touched by it instead yeah. of a full-blown brag.
3: You were really affected by it. I need to watch it because you've brought it up like 10 times, and so I feel like you really probably hate him more than anyone.
1: Nothing has ever shocked me more than to realize what Garth Brooks is actually like after not knowing anything about him.
3: Con artist.
1: Con artist. He never has. He's never written any of his own songs. So it's right. full leg which which. Okay, people obviously artists do that, but sure. he is so intertwined with the legacy of his music that you wouldn't right. imagine that he's a person that doesn't write his own songs. Right. You just you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just think you take for granted that,
3: especially country is kind of a songwriters medium. You would think. Yeah, it's like
1: you have to discount him a little bit. If Willie Nelson writes all of his songs and Garth Brooks do- Garth Brooks doesn't write his songs, you have to there's some differentiation between the talent of these artists. Right. Anyway, enough about (laughs) Garth Brooks. I don't even know why I brought him up, but you're right. He is someone that I actively disdain. And he even tried to make the Chris Gaines thing a cool thing because he goes, well, guess what happened right after Chris Gaines? Beyonce became Sasha Fierce. Uh, And I'm like, I, I'm like, take, take that back. (laughs) No one, used Chris Gaines as impetus for why they wanted to branch out right. and become a different style also, of artist.
3: I, I mean, I don't want to speak out of term, turn for the beehive, but I, I don't think anyone really thinks that was like that cool that she did that. Yeah. What did happen? <laughs> I mean, it was a cool idea in the sense that like the album had two different perspectives. Like she got yeah. like, it had like the fun, funky side. And then like the more like, down to earth like who soulful was side. sasha fierce i think it's just like her party persona
1: okay so she wanted an, an excuse to make more pop oriented music but didn't want but wanted her fans to know that there's a difference here like that yeah i mean it's sort of what she's doing now but she doesn't have to become new characters to do it she's just right. letting her audience it's know i'm trying different genres, different
3: facets um but yeah like she doesn't talk about she kind of left sasha, sasha fierce in the lurch
1: Did she ever portray (laughs) Sasha Fierce like in any interviews or like? um...
3: I don't think she had like a persona, um, like a speaking persona, at least, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny, that name.
1: Sasha Fierce. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really uh, outdated and out the window of an artist thinking. What was that,
3: 2007? Yeah. It's like,
1: yeah, I think that they thought that their audience wouldn't, couldn't fathom that they would make a different genre of music and so they had to create a full alter ego to I don't know I think that's what David Bowie did but
3: um, yeah well yeah he's the the OG
1: but Taylor Swift not to bring it to Taylor Swift but <laughs> she gets to just do whatever genre she wants I mean it's all like Taylor Swift coded obviously but she gets to just play around with whatever she wants if folklore is yeah. more folk oriented then she has a Jack Antonoff pop and her fans just go along with her they're like right. this artist does a lot of different shit
3: yeah that's fine i I think we can handle that.
1: Me too. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, I'm glad we spent 20 minutes talking about Garth Brooks, the Boston Tea Party, <laughs> uh, South Carolina, and everything else.
3: Yes. Um, I feel like there was not too much Bravo news this week. No. Um,
1: I, no. I mean, I want to say what what the big news was, but I don't want to talk about it too long. Right. But um, since we last spoke, you and I, Brandy Glanville accused Andy Cohen of uh, one time. FaceTiming her while he was out with, um, Kate Chastain. Uh That's her name, right? Below deck. Below deck. Yeah. Her last name's Chastain, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Kate Chastain. And they FaceTimed Brandy and they were drunk as hell or they left a video message for her Okay. and they, they were drunk and they said, Hey, Brandy, me and Kate were, um, are going to have sex together tonight and we're going to be thinking (laughs) of you the entire time. Did you hear
3: that part? Uh, I didn't really delve into the details, but, um, that makes sense but
1: then brandy said uh, like without that context which i don't know if you need context people can argue if you need context but she said i received a video message from andy saying that um he was going to have sex with another bravo cast member and he was going to think about me the the whole time and she said she was disgusted and horrified and didn't know how to function after that knowing that this was her boss uh
3: when was this
1: I don't, was it while sure. she was on a show yeah she was actively yeah she was actively employed because okay. this this would have been probably between between um her beverly hills era and then ultimate girl strip season two so brandy she was still in the ether i
3: see okay but
1: well sorry and then just to finish but then andy said it was kate chastain we were drunk And it was clearly a joke and Brandy indicated when she received the message that she understood it as a joke.
3: Yeah. He did apologize though on Instagram.
1: Yeah, he said, it's inappropriate and I apologize. Yeah.
3: Um, And then, uh, okay. So it's like, I don't want to sound like a cuck for Andy by like defending that because if it was anyone else, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like- I
1: agree. I, I, I agree. I thought with no context, it sounded very bad. And I thought for a second, is this the end of Andy Cohen? Right. Because it's, if, if with no context, it sounds much worse.
3: Right yeah if you if like less moonvez did that you'd be like oh my god yeah yeah it
1: sounds horrific i was i was worried but then when he yeah well say what you're gonna say no
3: i mean it's just okay but having 10 plus 10 or 15 years of however long brandy joined beverly hills knowing her irreverent sense of humor and she's the queen of making people uncomfortable and saying fucked yeah. up shit like that um probably to a worse degree yeah. uh, to people that uh, aren't interested in that type of humor. Right. Um, like all she ever talked about is how she wanted to fuck Ken, um, yeah. how she wants to fuck Andy's dad. Yeah. Uh, like that's her whole thing. That's right. like, it, that was obviously tailor made for her humor, which yes. one could say, if you're smart as a boss, you kind of, the part that sucks is that you don't get to do that anymore. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I, uh, something about, Knowing Brandy's personality and knowing her sense of humor and then Andy saying Brandy at the time knew that it was a joke that I would be having sex with Kate you know and would be thinking about her it's like knowing Brandy I'm like I do believe that she would have laughed at that and considered it funny at any other point you know in her life like it's just irreverent be
3: like lit up about that like in his books and stuff I feel like he brings up um That there's that ongoing joke if you've watched watch what happens for ten plus years. Every time she comes, she flirts with Andy's dad and like um like kisses him on the cheek and it's like a whole thing.
1: Brain coded.
3: Yeah. Um and yeah, like I just said, like Ken and Lisa, like the joke the entire time she was on the show is that she was gonna fuck Ken. I love that joke. It's funny.
1: Yeah, I thought it was sweet.
3: Um And then obviously now she's reached the echelon where she got sued for being inappropriate, which when you read that stuff, you're like, it sounded bleak. Yeah. The stuff that she did to Caroline. um, Yeah. Because she was an unwilling participant, which I guess you could say Brandy is claiming she was an unwilling participant in this joke. Um, But it's just kind of weird because I assume Andy would only ever... Make a joke like that if they were on good terms,
1: right, yeah, I agree, yeah it's it's, it's hard to talk about because you want to take every you know accusation seriously, but just for some reason, knowing Brandy and where she's at now and knowing this is post you getting sued right. It's like like I,
3: she's trying to be like, well, if you guys are gonna call me inappropriate and disgusting, then I'm gonna turn it back on you yeah. like yeah
1: and and then and then you know, knowing Andy Cohen like we seemingly do like, it does sound like an Andy type joke to pretend like he's going to have sex with, you know, Kate and think about Brandy. It's like, it sounds, then
3: it's like, we, do we have to do a forensic accounting for every time he's done something inappropriate? Like he made out with Tamra on watch what happens live at new year's. And I'm like, that's iconic and funny. And they both did it and whatever. But if, again, if it was anyone else, you'd, yeah, again, it factors in that he's a gay man, so it's right. not like yeah, there was um, not, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's just so like I, it's like I was thinking really
1: yeah, yeah right. Oh, I was thinking like he says in Daddy Diaries, he's like I had a sex dream about Craig, and I told him on the train to Delaware that I right. had a sex dream. I was like that's. Dicey, right? You know, like that's dicey. Like, but it's, like
3: reading it, I never for a second no. thought it was dicey.
1: Right, right, right. No, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, like, but all it's of like, these yeah, stories... if you
3: view it through like a courtroom lens, then everything is on the table as inappropriate. And you know, And then,
1: Mr. Conover, what did he say to you? And it's like, yeah, it sounds horrible. I guess <laughs> he There's told
3: some... me I, he was sitting on the seat next to me, so I couldn't escape.
1: <laughs> right, right.
3: <laughs> I was going to visit my parents, and he appeared right. and told and... me that
2: he jacked up. To
3: with me
1: right did, no, he, he didn't said that. he did <laughs> <laughs> no he I think I guess i I mean, I would say advice moving forward that I guess and just even no matter how friendly you are with certain bravo celebrities in the universe I, I I know we don't like we like that fun, cheeky humor and that's what he's so good at, but there are situations where like that. Is going to be detrimental to him at some point. If yeah. he continues on. Unless it's someone that you really truly trust to have that sense of humor with. Right. Like Kyle Richards, I'm sure that they have like they have years of history. And, like, well, he, he has can make... years
3: of history with Brandy. That's the thing. I know. It's so like it's you like, never know
1: who's gonna turn on on you. Right?
3: Like Bethany, they were so close, and now she's using everything he's ever done against him. So it's like, who can he trust? And it's like certain things that you know i'm sure if they want to make the reality reckoning documentary they can pull oh my everything would, of all time and make it look terrible yeah. and it's like yeah like his ramshackle show that was like in a broom closet in 2010 like did shit that they probably wouldn't do now but i don't know
1: yeah yeah i i yeah i guess yeah i don't i mean context matters That's like my main point and, or like the main thing I can take away because that story isolated with no context sounded horrific. (laughs) And then when you hear the context, I'm like, Brandy, I don't believe that you were genuinely offended by that. I I think if I trust that you took that in its original manner, which was a, a joke. Right. And that now because of your circumstances, you're just trying to get back and use, um, salacious details back at the network that spurned you you know yeah um brandy though is pro- in my like in my opinion brandy is probably the best evidence of the reality reckoning or the or the biggest victim of the reality reckoning because brandy did uh curtail not curtail is curtail negative or did adapt her behavior on the show to what she thought producers wanted from her like it was her she was embedded with this but also i feel like she was like a a bomb that producers could throw because they knew brandy had the like she was so charismatic she was so funny she was so smart quick-witted that she adapted to what she knew producers wanted from her and then the minute that culture started to change she was sort of a victim of of what they like what she thought producers wanted from her by the time ultimate girl strip season 2 happened so she sort of she spiraled and did the, like, sexual humor, like she would have done with Jill Zarin. Like, mm-hmm. Jill Zarin, so buttoned up, I'd love to, like, start smacking her on the mm-hmm. ass and, like, give her a lap dance. Yeah. And they did that all over uh, UGT season two. Like, they gave, like, they, there was a full night where they just, like, give lap dances to each other. Mm-hmm. And then when she does that to Caroline Manzo, it's, like, the one participant who, like, does not like that type of humor yeah. at all. But Brandy thought that she was, in a way... Performing for the producers And I feel mm-hmm. like Even though it's like It's on her completely Now that that behavior Is frowned upon Now she loses her job She loses everything They'll never hire her back Like You know Do yeah. you get what I'm saying A little bit Yeah it's like
3: I do feel like Even historically She had issues with Boundaries <laughs> like she did Like every time She would do something outrageous It would immediately go south Like when she threw A glass of wine In uh, Eileen's Awful. face When she slapped Um LVP in Amsterdam or whatever. um, Like, it was always like, what's wrong with you? Like, even then, when people still... She was still beloved or she would be forgiven, everyone was still like, huh? Yeah, like, Like, she did some of the worst things you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not surprising that if she's been sort of run ragged over the past 10 years, um, that she maybe lost track of even what boundaries she did have.
1: Right. And you can make the case that this was all brandy's you know inspiration like everything that she did on camera was she thought that's what producers wanted but it was really coming from her but i'm just saying like i don't know i just i do feel like i feel a little bad for brandy that now she's in this state where like they'll never hire her again and really what she did was she thought this like sexy silly shit that she's done with 99 percent of people would like work on caroline manzo and right we, we haven't seen the footage so it could be like right. so much worse i assume it is bad it sounds pretty bad yeah it sounds really bad and like caroline manzo did not want that and like, yeah it, like, it's, i
3: mean it i just feel like it should be pretty clear if someone's like desperately trying to run away from you and like lock themselves yeah. in a bathroom like why would you keep yeah going
1: back and i guess it sounds like i'm excusing brandy's behavior <laughs> i'm not but i just know that bravo you know, led her on television through a sure. lot of heinous actions. And I know that they enjoyed yeah. her. Like, I enjoyed 90% of what Brandy did up right. until a certain point. So I just feel like she is sort of, um, what's that called? Like, she's like, she's a little bit of a victim of the character. Like, they spit her out. Yeah, they spit shoot her, her, up out. And spit her like, out. Yeah, like, yeah, like, she deserves brandy deserves well, people hate brandy so it's like oh god <laughs> they're gonna hate me talking like this but I, I i really enjoyed brandy and i think she's a good person yeah her despite early doing,
3: days plus her um we must give credit where credit's due for her being the pinnacle of the crossover for vanderpump rules um yeah
1: um for sure totally and i mean she made i mean she made Beverly Hills what it was at a certain point When she came in at season three
3: she was like a la figure where everyone was like who the fuck is this oh, and they were so pissed off and oh, like
1: she's vulgar oh it, it broke Kyle's brain when she saw um uh they were like, she's disgusting yeah, um yeah so, she
3: said like f words and like pussy and cunt and stuff and everyone was like ah.
1: she was the first one to say that uh Adrienne Malouf had was a surrogate, right? And they couldn't oh, right. even air it. You remember? oh yeah,
3: that was like they never said it out loud.
1: Yeah, it was like she she was the bomb thrower, and I think that, that was
3: the scariest time because Paul was so mad that he was bordering on being like a scary man and oh, like yeah. yelling at her. And I was like, Paul, don't go too far. I love
1: you. Paul, go back in that tree <laughs> and put on that tree outfit. Um, <laughs> I I think that I think that Brandy, I think she deserves like an hour special with Andy. I know okay. you never do this, but. I just think like when you're closing the chapter on (laughs) someone- You need to do
3: that with her, with Nini, with Bethany. I think so. I mean, these are
1: are figures that that Bravo, not created, but they are very powerful figures in the Bravo universe. And now that they're spurned and they're like leveling all these accusations, like, and Bravo is so about talking about shit to death, to get to the bottom of it and try to rebuild that it might be worth- talking to these people. I mean, NeNe, I know wants to come back. It's yeah. not the same as Bethany and, and Brandy. Uh,
3: Leah McSweeney doesn't get the sit down. No, <laughs> Leah, you <laughs> do not.
1: You, you, she did not earn. Unfortunately, she did no. not earn. Um, the, She was not a favorite of anyone and she doesn't, she doesn't have the legacy of these other Bravo figures, no, in no. my opinion.
3: Yeah. I feel like sometimes when I'm defending um, NBC Universal, uh, oh, oh, I yeah. just watched last week uh, Michael Mann's The Insider. Oh, I love um, it. Big Tobacco. Oh. I'm like, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm like, shut your fucking mouth about how the sausage is made. Like, <laughs> <laughs> boy, who's, who's that? Russell Crowe. Yeah. Right. And Who, Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, oh my God.
1: So like, um, so like Bethany is Bethany. Al Pacino. Uh, Russell Crowe is <laughs> Leah McSweeney. And we're like, shut the like hell up
3: people showing up at her house, like putting like a bullet in the mailbox. I, They're I like, shut the fuck
1: up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're defending the man right now. It's I, yeah, we're defending, we're really, we're defending, well, it's like, we're defending cigarettes. We're like, yeah. I love smoking uh, cigarettes. Andy
3: is Michael Gambon who's like the CEO of the cigarette company yeah and he's like I didn't know that cigarettes made you sick yeah Yeah, it's (laughs) awesome oh I love the insider I'm so glad you brought it up everybody's uh, I feel like yeah like I'm like the whistleblowers I'm like trying to silence the
1: whistleblowers it's so true we're like the villains in the insider we're like but I'm like
3: cigarettes are fun shut up
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's really true but I think I have to hope that bravo content and andy cohen (laughs) are better people and they're producing better content than cigarettes yeah
3: (laughs) well yeah that's the thing is like i could go on and on but it's like uh, it i feel like a monster being like you signed up for this especially like i can understand if like people are talking about early days of like they didn't know what they were getting into Mm -hmm. but by the modern times everyone knows what's happening and bethany's always like they profit off of like bankruptcy divorce like crime uh bad behavior whatever i'm like yeah hello yeah. like welcome to reality welcome to earth like yeah I mean, what are you talking about I like no
1: know. i know I, yeah i mean <laughs> like i think yeah i mean i i think newer people to this to this world are not expecting to have their real life uh, put out there and have people actually come for them in a in a way that is going to potentially ruin their life, and that's that's sort of what uh, everyone is invested in Bravo content for. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I don't know what the path forward is. I, I'm. I,
3: yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I just get pissed off because I'm like, especially with Bethany, because I'm like, it is biting the hand that fed her, which I think she'll admit, and she's like, I don't care. Um, but I'm like, it cheapens the whole enterprise because I'm like, there's that footage of, um, I think it was on that thing I brought up last week that on season uh, 10 of Roni, they did like a retrospective, watch what happens, where they interviewed like everyone that had been on to that point and like reviewed like mm-hmm. how far they come and what it was like and whatever. And Beth- Bethany literally starts weeping thanking Andy for changing her life like they hug like she like gets out of her chair and hugs him she's like it's unbelievable like where my life has led thanks to you like um like this changed everything for me like I'm really thankful all this stuff and I'm like I'm not saying she needs to like grovel at his feet or whatever like she earned it too but I'm like don't fucking pretend like your entire success story wasn't buoyed by this experience and I'm like And I'm like, we saw the reason why Bravo is superior to all the rest is because it actually has like a ethos and there's, you know, emotion. There's uh, moments in people's lives that are interesting outside of just like bullshit, toxic stuff. Like we care about the the marriages, the... The bankruptcies, the like all of it. Like, I over the years, like, deeply care about these people and relate to them and care. So it's not just like cheap, like, it's not just like garbage. Otherwise, I wouldn't really give a shit.
1: You're right. You're right. Let's leave it there. That was well said and beautiful. (laughs) Fired up. Every time we talk about
3: reality reckoning, I get so mad.
1: I love it. I, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, there's nothing more I can say. I think that. That makes sense to me, and that's why I enjoy Bravo as well. And uh, there's a lot of benefit and merit to this universe, and that's why we're talking about it every week. Yeah, cool. Would well, uh, well, you want to? <laughs> I, I don't really want to spend too much time on the valley because I want to get into Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, um, but we watched that trailer together uh, yes. right before, and I'll say my thoughts first, and then I'll ask you yours. Um, okay. So for me, I am really averse to uh, new cast members. And I feel like for the most part, um, there's a 50, 50 chance that I'm going to love a new cast member in any Bravo show. It's like Monica Fowler versus, um, Anna Marie in Beverly Hills. Like I love one. I don't (laughs) love one. So the fact that the Valley is going to be three people we love or two people we love, (laughs) some might argue. Um, and then eight other people that I just, I am not at all interested in the rest of the cast, which I feel like that's probably goes without saying that no one else is. Do I think that, uh, they found eight engaging charismatic cast members that I'm going to love to watch. In addition to Jax and Kristen, (laughs) probably not given the odds of how hard it is to cast. And the reason why I want to see Jax and Kristen is because of their, the dynamics with the Vanderpump rules cast and not necessarily people that I don't know. So, um, I'm, pessimistic about if I will enjoy this show which I think is just I'm just being fully honest I'm I don't have high hopes because I like Jax and Kristen in the context of Vanderpump Rules and the dynamics of other engaging cast members and I don't have high hopes that that they got it right with this other huge um, uh, you know other cast members a huge you know new cast that's added to the show
3: yeah I don't think anyone is excited like have you seen any sentiment online that people think it looks good
1: maybe maybe one in 50
3: (laughs) yeah uh no it's like too many people the trailer had to do a lot of heavy lifting trying to introduce us to everyone um i also think it's like kind of red flag that this maybe i'm wrong but like it's coming out in like two weeks or something like yeah march 19 um which i feel like they had to cobble together that uh because the original trailer had nothing right um and it just looks like, yeah, I don't need Jax as like the leader. Um, these people, no one struck me as particularly interesting. I'm not really interested in like family dynamics of like people with kids. Like, I don't care.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was, if, if Stacy and Bo were on it and there was maybe um, one other couple or two other couples were on it yeah we would want to watch this like way more yeah it's
3: i know we were debating i assume it's going to be an hour um which i wish it was 30 minutes um we we should check on that but i i would be surprised if it was that short uh especially because it looked like there's so much heavy lifting to do of like yeah it's going to take forever to introduce everyone.
1: Yeah. I think that we already, like when we watched Stassi in season three, which I always think about, which is like Stassi could have possibly had a spinoff there when she does, was not like doing anything with the cast. And like we found Stassi's scenes to be so boring and unengaging yeah. on her own. It's like, Stassi
3: you know, knows best or something.
1: Stassi knows best. Whatever it would have been <laughs> called. And it's like. I don't think any Vanderpump Rules cast member on their own is engaging enough to support a full show. We love the dynamics of them all together. Yeah. So you're really relying on Jax and Kristen to be powerful enough to to be like, we'll watch anything with them on it. And I just don't think a lot of people are are there. And I I really don't know why they made this decision.
3: I know it's weird, and um, in the preview, Kristen, um, she's like, "I'm 40 now," so blah blah blah. And I was like, "I don't know why I like screamed." I know that they're all about that age, but something it really hit me. Like, I know that Jax is 40 plus. I know Sandoval is 40 plus, but for some reason, anyone else crossing that threshold, I'm like, "Oh god!"
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I I love hearing it. You know my philosophy because I'm 38 years old, and I love when I hear people are 40. Yeah, because I just love seeing. Hope at forty. When this I was doesn't
3: look like hope to me. What doesn't? This trailer.
1: Oh <laughs> well, well but what doesn't it well what about like, you know, Kyle on Summer House is forty. There's yeah. hope there. Tom Sandoval doesn't seem very hopeful, but uh, Schwartz is forty. Does he seem sort of um, hope inspiring? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, <Maybe>. no. <laughs> you're right. Him okay. lamenting on so, the
3: after show about his apartment and how he hates it. Yeah, and he's yeah I, right. <laughs> um,
1: you're right. Okay. Well, I just I'll take anything I can get to make me um, <laughs> happy about me. You know, aging. Yeah, for so, sure. Okay. Well, cool. Well, let's let's why don't we take a little um, certified turtle piss break and then let's talk about Vanderpump Rules. Yep. In an efficient. Fashion. Yes. And then, so we can get to our, you know, much sought after summer house.
3: Summer thoughts. house minute ish.
1: Yeah, a little maybe more minute than plus. A, a minute. And we want to also thank everyone for doing the summer house challenge with us this week yes. because we are going to be talking about uh, the premiere episode of summer house, which aired about uh, a week ago.
3: Yes, exactly.
1: Great. Okay, I'm going to take a little um, certified turtle piss. <laughs> Great. <laughs>
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Well, it seems like every time we do a certified turtle piss break, or 90% of the time, some huge, horrible thing happens. Breaking news. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, right as we... Well, I don't want to make this too crass or whatever, but right as we were pissing, we got the news that Richard Lewis has passed away.
3: So sad.
1: Very sad. Um,
3: He was uh, from of Curb Your Enthusiasm fame. Uh, (laughs) I don't think everyone just knows who that is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for telling our audience and, like, assuming. For those of you who don't know, yeah, Richard Lewis was a mainstay of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. One of Larry's best friends, besides the funk man, oh, who no, also tragically. he's tragic. passed. Funk man and Richard Lewis were uh, Larry David's squad on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Richard Lewis and Larry David's chemistry was one of the funniest things about Curb. I mean, funk man and him had amazing chemistry as <laughs> yeah. well, obviously. Um, but, yeah, Richard Lewis and Larry's dynamic was just uh, yeah, a highlight of how many seasons? At you know, almost twelve yeah. years of Curb,
3: and he's been he was featured on the most recent episode this last week.
1: Yeah, and it, yeah, it's horrible. But Larry had such a um, you know would just make fun of Richard Lewis all the time, and uh, they uh, their dynamic was just very silly and, and sweet. And um, yeah, I feel I feel very sad. I guess he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and then he succumbed to a heart attack, according Sucks. to Bette Midler.
3: Oh, she was she, the one with the news. Yeah.
1: Huh. She had the news.
3: I didn't know they were friends.
1: I didn't know either. but anyway, well, um, so rest in peace, Richard Lewis. you you there's, you know, you left behind such a wonderful fun legacy. If you look up Richard Lewis's best moments on curb, there's some <laughs> bloopers that that I've seen where like Larry David laughs so hard during <laughs> his scenes with Richard Lewis. and it's like so funny. Their chemistry like is just amazing. yeah. So rest in peace, Richard Lewis.
3: yeah, rip. We yeah. love you.
1: okay. well now let's talk about something a little different (laughs) vanderpump rules season 11 episode 5 this episode is called lake it or break it okay right
3: yeah did you know that title it was weird
1: lake it or break it because they go to a lake and then what's that play on phrase what's the phrase that they're playing on make it or break it i guess so make it or break it which is something like when you go to like if you go to Follow your dreams. Yeah. Make it
3: or break it. Right? Is that about like. Make it or um, break it? Yeah. It's like. It's about like, Sandoval trying to make it or break
1: it. I guess so. You got to wonder what's going on in the heads of these, um, <laughs> you know, uh, producers that are naming these titles. But anyway, Lake It or Break It. I mean, yep. that's an g- interesting title. What do you think about this episode overall?
3: I enjoyed myself. Um, I feel like. I don't know. Do you think. I think there maybe will be more to come in Tahoe, like more fun yeah. things. This It's kind of a low key.
1: Yeah. Is Vanderpump Rules hard to talk about?
3: <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, now it's so heavy. Right. Um, we were talking about, because on our Patreon, we're watching season four right now, and it's just pure, like distilled right. fun and drama and chaos. We're not worried about ethics. We're not right. worried about...
1: Um But there's but there's horrible things that happen. Like, I mean, Schwartz cheated on Katie sure. twice and I'm 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 saying I, I agree with exactly how we're talking about Vanderpump rules you know, in the past. Like I agree with what we're talking about. But they've done all the same like there's a lot of similar shit that we we're yeah. that we it's just that time has not healed yet on what we're currently talking about, so it's really hard to talk about.
3: Right. I mean it's like just way more heavy and serious. Um which you know isn't as fun uh quite honestly and it feels a little bit like you're watching the you know the show grapple with its identity a little bit
1: yes I think so too yeah it's um it's hard yeah for me this was um a very uh, I don't know I guess I have to say I thought it was like very like like a kind of a sloppy episode. There was a lot of questions I had while I was watching it. But overall, to me, it was very like compelling to see uh how the cast navigates this unprecedented situation, which yeah. is very unprecedented. Even when like someone was like an outsider in the group, they were never treated the way that Sandoval is treated now. It's like really I, but then also then the things that like I enjoy about it, like seeing the group have to like come to terms with Sandoval, you know, that the reason why they're coming to terms with him is artificial because Lisa or producer yeah. said, you guys all got to go on a trip together, you right. know? So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, it's hard to talk about. Cause I don't know where the producer, I guess this has always been the case, but for now it just feels very, a lot of stuff feels very manufactured because mm-hmm. I don't think that any of these cast members would ever probably talk to Sandoval again. Right. If this was the real world. Right. Except maybe Sports. Sheena and Sheena possibly, but I don't, I don't, I don't even know if Sheena would, I, I think Sheena would maybe in like two or three years, like mm-hmm. start to let him back in his life. But even that was sort of Lisa forced her hand.
3: Right. Did you see that little teaser? I don't usually watch them, but I allowed it that, um, I think it's from next week, Sheena talking about her loan
1: yes I totally watched it yeah uh, yeah he gave Sandoval at the like well this was this was very shocking to me because like I guess in 2019 or 2020 COVID yeah Sheena was like on the ropes right financially yeah
3: she was like I um my podcast got canceled I was pregnant and I had no income during the pandemic what what podcast got canceled I don't know was shenanigans I didn't was look into a, it yeah me, me neither <laughs> because
1: that just happened that was hot off the presses but yeah she had I guess she had a Previous iteration of shenanigans that Uh was canceled?
3: I guess so. I mean, I guess maybe we forget that pre Scandalball, no one gave a shit about any any of them as much.
1: Oh, sad. I would have listened back then. (laughs) But Sheena, just so you know, there's a world where you're an independent podcast where you don't have a network. I know. You just have to do this on your
3: own. (laughs) I mean, I wonder if her expenses were just well over her, her, you know, her overhead. But um, she said that she woke up one morning and had a massive. Many thousand dollar PayPal from
1: Schwar- uh, Sandoval and she said several thousand and I was like, I feel like I mean that's almost like I'm thinking almost in the ten range because it even
3: sounded big because if it was like two thousand like that would be nice, but she made it sound like a lot
1: yeah several and but I don't think she wanted to say ten thousand but several is what seven or eight yeah, but then I think that she didn't want to specific I mean I'm thinking in the ten thousand dollar maybe
3: ten thousand even ten thousand even. That's yeah. generous.
1: That is so nice. Does Sandoval know that like you and I <laughs> like I mean what we would do in terms of coverage if he PayPal'd?
3: Should I put our Venmo QR code on the screen on YouTube and see all of a sudden, if he comes through? All of a sudden, next week we're like, so what
1: the hell why can't they get over the Sandoval shit? No. I know we're like
3: he's a good guy. <laughs> We're like, I
1: love Schwartz and Sandy's. You, you said, like, the viewing party was amazing. No, of course we cannot ever, ever. And like, the, the lobster
3: arc- hot dog cannot be
1: missed. Right. No, we could never. Even if you gave us $10,000, that would never skew our coverage. Paola. No, we we would never do that, right? Never. Absolutely <laughs> never. So, Tom Sandoval, you cannot pay us $10,000. No, I thought, um you know, people don't want to hear this stuff, but... <laughs> I think Gina can properly uh, take that into account. Yeah. Literally, into her bank account, that Sandoval (laughs) did that for her. Yeah. Why can't Gina? Why can't Gina? This is why it's hard to talk about. This is why it's hard to talk about. So I'm only talking about in terms of you know, I'm not talking about it, Tom Sandoval as a person anymore. I'm talking about the dynamics of this cast as a viewer. Sheena has to factor in little stuff like that. It's just like when I said about in season one when he brought her back into the photo so she could be slimed with the rest of the cast. Like, yeah, she gets to factor that in. And people will say there's no altruistic motives for Sandoval. He was waiting. <laughs> he always knew that if he gave her ten thousand dollars, okay. If he if he gave her ten thousand dollars, that for sure she would come back to him. But it's like that's not. That, that's i
3: mean that's, i
1: but also I, I had to ask this is sort of like ariana's money too right at this point um or did it just come straight from <laughs> sandoval and he said don't tell ariana that i gave you ten thousand dollars at this point i don't mean they...
3: i don't know how they joined their finances me
1: neither actually you know and i i guess we shouldn't speculate on that but she said specifically it came from sandoval
3: yeah um that's interesting i feel like sheena besides schwartz has the most uh you know collateral damage or you know a case for being upset about not being able to be friends with him anymore her
1: her journey matters where she ultimately lands on the sandoval scale means more to me than whatever lala and james decide to do yeah i just have more vested interest in in sheena's longevity with sandoval and where morally she ends up
3: right um so yeah this uh it starts out uh, Ariana gets in the car With Katie Katie's like Does this smell like weed In here I'm like Is she hot boxing In her car
1: I That's what I took that To mean <laughs> That she Smokes marijuana In her car Right <laughs> um, and, and then they talk about Was this when they talk about well, they sort of, they have their, I mean, I think we can just talk about it. They have their conversation about somebody taking a huge yeah. shit on the patio of um, something about her. Yeah. Do you remember when we took that shit? We never, <laughs> we didn't know how long it would take for them to you, find it.
3: You went in a, the squirt can. <laughs>
1: right. Well, yeah, we were, I was thinking how, well, yeah, I was thinking how so much stuff has landed on that patio because yeah. we saw the squirt can or whatever. But um, they just, this conversation, this car ride is sort of what Katie and, Ariana do this episode because I yeah. go back to it a few times but it's about um, them learning that it's not going to be as easy to make something about her happen because of all of the different red tape that the West Hollywood um, council is putting on new properties yeah. and they thought this thing was um, like a turnkey Yeah, they're saying in the after show they're like we had the kitchen that was brand new we thought that we could open the doors and then for some reason Robertson yeah. I think became like They want to make that like a walkable street with no sidewalk.
3: It sounds like everything had been approved a year before they signed their lease. But then when it was reassessed uh, upon second inspection, they were like, this is all wrong. They were like, this sink is in the wrong place. This floor is wrong. And they were like, it was approved a year ago. Yeah,
1: like that sucks. And are Katie and Ariana actively paying rent on that property this entire time?
3: I mean, I have to assume they've spent like a hundred grand.
1: Yeah, it's like, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. I mean... To me, it would be very shocking it, to be dealing with all of this and knowing now that it's just still not open because the code changed and you have yeah. to adapt to that. I'm just...
3: I also feel like um, they're kind of missing the boat. Like if they would have opened at like peak oh, yeah. something about Daryl era, there would have been a 400 person line around the block, like down like Melrose. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like the longer it is, the more people are going to be like, mm, okay, okay.
1: Right. Yeah, it's hard to... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... I am i don't know. I'm conflicted about how to talk about this. It's hard to be invested in a story that we know is not actually resolved even at this point in yeah. time. So everything they say... it's. This happened with Schwartz and Sandy, so I'm yeah. not just putting it on them. It was also annoying to deal with the Schwartz and uh, Sandy storyline knowing that that wasn't open as well. So it's the same case. I'm just saying it's like, it makes me less vested in what they're doing, knowing that like they still, this does not exist. (laughs) Right. In uh, March, 2024. Yeah. And they couldn't give a deadline even in the after show. They're like, we have no clue what's (laughs) happening with something about her. And I think you had a good point that I always think about, like a good point, which I forget exactly what you said, and you'll have to remind me, but you said that this was a pre scandival impulse Mm-hmm. The, this this enterprise together yeah. and like had they known what the future of like where they would be and what they could do with this new clout that they had would they have actually made the decision to go forth with this sandwich shop was that right what you said?
0: yeah I, I... well
3: yeah like just that um the timing is terrible in the sense that uh ariana was on dancing with the stars that took up a hundred percent of her time for mm-hmm. a few months now she's in new york on broadway so she's just I assume completely MIA, like, probably can't even deal with it for a second. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's like she didn't know, she thought that this would be taking over for the wind down of vanderpump they then had a secondary thing that they could focus on and then it turned out that she was the busiest she'll ever be in her entire life and
1: would they have made this decision still had they known what the future would be? remember
3: when rand was going to be their investor yeah i
1: was thinking when did this something about her impulse even start was that was season nine if randall was involved yeah remember when randall was a full-time cast member yeah and then
3: ariana was late to their meeting and he gave her so much shit for it he
1: was so pissed Never ever forget the time when Randall asked for the chicken sandwich, but he didn't want the bun and he wanted two chicken sandwiches at the same time. I'll never forget that, like
3: KFC. Yeah. Um, well, can and then, I can I ask you about yeah. just
1: Ariana and Katie a little bit? <laughs> I, I I was thinking like this is what I was thinking about. Like this is Ariana's most powerful era. They like right and Katie's powerful era. We were talking about this a little bit last week. Like Katie had a lot of goodwill from last season. Yeah. I was wondering like. I, I don't know if maybe like this is how it's edited, but but I was thinking like I wish Ariana and Katie, maybe they will do this in the future, but I wish they were providing counter programming to mm-hmm. knowing that there was a huge cast trip that they didn't want to be on. Yeah. Because they're sort of letting Sandoval get his grips back on everyone because they know where the cameras are going to be pointed and they know Sandoval's prowess. Give, say whatever you want about Sandoval, but he knows what is like going to be compelling on camera. Like he's good at at, like getting the camera to focus on him and doing things to like, like when he pulls James aside to have that one-on-one, he knows what he's doing there. Yeah. But so I, I, I wish Ariana and Katie, and maybe they'll do this in the future. And this is not even that harsh of a criticism, but just provide, more counter programming than just like driving in the car talking about a facetime you had with penny like i wish that they were like i don't yeah, yeah. like trying to co opt the story back to them they're kind of doing they, the bare minimum yeah and i don't know if, if this is it's very possible that they that they do have those things in the work like emo night was powerful and they might have more but i i guess just where the story is lying now they let the lake tahoe trip co-opt all of the energy for a few episodes. And I wish that they had something lined up to be like, we, I'm loving what Katie and Ariana are doing as this new duo together.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not holding my breath. Okay. (laughs) But is that a, is that a, is that a fair (laughs) critique or?
3: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They historically have been along for the ride a little bit. Like they usually didn't dominate themselves.
1: Right, yeah, right. right. That's You're
3: not their personality, really. Right, right.
1: I, and I guess I do. I did see like that. We're gonna see Ariana doing more of like her book cover, and like we're mm-hmm. gonna see the fruits of her labor metaphorically from post Sandoval. And I guess I just want to see that more. And it's possible that this is just the way the editing works out. That like they didn't have something specifically planned when they all went to Lake Tahoe. Right. But I wish that they were factoring in audience engagement to not let let Sandoval. Like have the storyline for multiple episodes. And, yeah. and, but I get that they did not want to go on that trip. I understand why they didn't want right. to go on the trip. You know that their bonus though is going to be affected that they didn't go on that trip? Really? Yeah, because Bravo, I read, Stasi said this, or, or someone said this, uh, that they encourage or the way to motivate people to go to everything, the way to get Ariana to go <laughs> to see you next Tuesday is right. by saying at the end, you get a bonus for how many events you participate in. So the fact that Katie and Ariana did not go on that cast trip, they are going to have a cut to their bonus. It
3: makes sense. Like the everyone else was saying in the after show, like Sheena said, if Lala wouldn't go, I wouldn't have gone. Um, and they were saying like, I of course understand why, Uh, Katie and Ariana didn't want to go um and Sheena was kind of even defending Sandoval a little bit saying that she had been told that if they did go that he would have stayed in a hotel like he wouldn't have forced them to stay in the same house as him or whatever um but yeah I mean they're all doing a job we we know this and it's like I understand why Ariana wouldn't want to go and why Katie wouldn't want to go if she wasn't going
1: well can Um, I ask why I mean Why wouldn't Katie go?
3: I think mostly because of Ariana, not because of Schwartz.
1: Yeah, because she hasn't really justified besides saying like I'd rather eat my shorts like Bart Simpson <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, she's just saying like I would rather die than go on this trip. But like you could make the case that all of them would have said that. And right. for any trip you do altogether, I'd rather die than go to the beach with with shorts in, in last season. Like right. you could make, you could say I'd rather die to a lot of things that they yeah, do together. Yeah, she was
3: like, I had a lot to do. I needed to, I think she said like wash my hair or like do my laundry or something like that. And I'm like, that's the thing I'm saying. She's now hitched her wagon to ariana's star um a la stassi back in the day i'll go on a limb and say it um and it's like you're hitching your wagon to someone that like doesn't want to be there so it's kind of a flop
1: yeah do you think that ariana's uh you know i don't know do you think ariana just like she has wanted to quit Vanderpump Rules for a long time. And this artificially inflated, you know, like her want to be on the show, but like she would have been done with Vanderpump Rules prior to this.
3: I mean, that's the, the iconic thing is that when supposedly allegedly, you know, who's to trust anyone, but when the conversations were happening about, Sandoval breaking up with her or not being able to break up with her, or whatever bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's yeah. varying levels of the truth there. But that what she said was that she would leave and like never come back, not do the show anymore. Um, like it was implied that kind of the show was them together or nothing. Right. Um, as in she never really cared about it, which watching from the beginning as we are. They are ride or die together. Yeah. Her storyline for much of the show is related to them defending their relationship, mm-hmm. her standing by her man. Yeah. Um, she's a little bit of a side figure.
1: Yeah. But then he did. Then now I'm going to do the counter to that. Sandoval did co-opt moments that were just for Ariana and made himself involved, like her original book. So there were moments when Ariana did want to shine and Sandoval actively tried to stop the shine multiple times, I'm sure. So I don't know. I just wanted to, before we get to what the main focus is, I just wanted to focus for a second on Katie and Ariana's journey, you know, this season so far, and try to analyze what's going on behind the scenes. But then now I think... Besides the actual, like, maybe we could say this now too, Ariana's other moment, which is that I thought this was kind of shocking that she said uh, to the designer of the house that she would let Sandoval keep just the walls of their house. Well, you know, I don't know how much we want to go into this, but I just thought it was interesting that she will allow him to have the house. Yeah, she said
3: she's come around on the idea, but it sounds like since then that's not true anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But, or unless she was trying to, unless she wanted the Vanderpump rules word to be the final word and she wasn't giving us any more updates so that we could see it Mm -hmm. on, on camera for the first time. But that's a big deal at this point to say that you would be fine with him leaving, uh, you know, just living in the house, but paying for all of the like furniture and stuff.
3: I know. I was kind of like when she, she was acting like, and you know, you're not going to get to keep all of this stuff. And I'm like, well then write, write up the contract yeah. i'm sure he'd be like keep everything i don't give a fuck
1: yeah and I, I yeah so i don't know you're right i don't know if that is the current uh, status of how she feels or if it's like no he made an offer it sucked right. and and now like she wants to sue him to divide all right. the assets or whatever i don't know which all is their more
3: west elm furniture yeah.
1: okay cool all right well i just wanted to focus on katie and ariana for a second before we got to the full lake tahoe experience
3: okay. i just for a second wanted to shout out when James was driving with Graham and he created that little song on the spot where it
1: was like, Graham is my baby boy. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet and I love that he put a little seatbelt on that Graham. That was cute. Yeah, that was really nice. Well, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about that scene where um, James gives one of the biggest surprises I think you can ever give to a significant <laughs> other, which is surprising them with a dog that you used to own with your ex Yeah, and they show up Do you think
3: she really didn't know?
1: I thought her look of shock actually looked shocked. Okay. I've never seen her look like that. She was stunned. Yeah. She like mouth agape and she did a double take and she was like, is that Graham? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was real. I don't think he called her. I think he wanted that reaction on camera.
3: Yeah. I would love a behind the scenes on that entire thing. Like, I mean, I know that's kind of what the after show is, but I would love, I don't know. I want more info on the timeline of like what guys... Lisa invited him to Vanderpump Dogs under um, yeah. did he straight up just drive straight home and then Allie knew that they were going to be filming but she didn't know why like I want all of that. Yeah
1: I, I'm starting to be on the side of I think the producers accurately portrayed this because remember you know we were, we were talking about if like the reshoot there was a reshoot here and this actually happened in Lake Tahoe. I think
3: that the James bit his reaction was Me too. real. Yeah, like, I don't think
1: you could have faked that.
3: No. I, I, I think didn't.
1: he would have done something, a lot of stuff differently had he had time to do that. But I think that the one thing that's lacking from this story is how everyone is reluctant to talk about the truth about how Graham got there. And no yeah. one wants to specifically evoke Rachel's name and get in the yeah. weeds. And every time Lisa talks about the Graham situation, she just goes, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything. You know, like she's, she's not adding yeah. The story, the and proper Sandoval
3: story. is like, I'm not going to bat for this. No, like, <laughs> no, he doesn't even want to <laughs> bring it smart. up. Which is smart. Right. Not worth it. It is.
1: It is. Uh, what did you think about when um, Allie's reaction to Graham and Mr. Banks' reaction to Graham?
3: Um, I was very on edge this entire time. Um, Mr. Banks came in, puffy tail. He actually um, wasn't as freaked out as a lot of cats would be. Um, like he was curious. Yeah. But, um, I also, uh, Jimmy, I was rewatching it and Jimmy went by and I was like, uh, we were saying how cute Mr. Banks is. And he was like, what's Mr. Banks like, um, uh, Mary Poppins. And I was like, do you think that she saw that movie Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson in 2013 or something? It was like,
1: he's Mr. Banks. Yeah. Was Saving <laughs> Mr. Banks, that was about, um, what book was that? Again? That was Mary. Pa- he was courting he, Mary Poppins. so He a wanted Disney the rights. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another, mo- I wonder if we would watch that movie and root for Tom Hanks. It's like, can Disney have this wonderful, I think whimsical it is, story? I mean, it's a,
3: a Disney, uh, you know, I think it's a, a, a positive portrayal of Mr. Disney. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw that in theaters. Oh, it's actually
1: Walt. Yeah. He's Walt. Yeah. Oh, I want to. Oh, I really want to watch that. <laughs> Fire it up. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I do have Disney Plus. Also. I, th- I actually, you know, I thought that Graham. I know that Graham had he his druthers would want to rip. Mr. Banks's (laughs) head off but I actually thought it wasn't as bad Mr. Banks wasn't as scared and even though he was Graham was like leaping towards Mr. Banks when the door was closed I it didn't have full evil chaotic dog energy like I want to kill this cat I thought it was more like you know you run at something you're distracted by it wasn't just
3: scary knowing the damage that he's done to human flesh yes like if he bit Mr. Banks the way he bit Rachel's mom he would be dead
1: Right, and Allie says, and he goes, uh, James says, he only nips, don't worry, Allie. Why Bally. the fuck
3: would you say that? I know, That's and Allie insane. goes, well,
1: I don't want him to nip at all, and if he does, Lisa's going to get Graham back.
3: Yeah, and then and the, uh, James is like, and just the same, I don't want the cats scratching him, and I'm like, a cat scratch isn't going to kill a dog, a dog putting a cat in his mouth will kill the cat. Right. So, I just like, I get really freaked out because anyone knows, like there's like major introduction steps for introducing cats to other animals and at least they kept them separated by the screen but even that just felt very aggressive like Mm -hmm. the cat the dog could just completely like lunge at and bark in the cat's face i'm like no you have to do there's a whole like system where you put the food on the other side of the door and you do it over the course of like a month
1: yeah and ali says she's like mr banks has never been around a dog yeah
3: like that's so traumatizing and cats are sensitive
1: yeah i liked this scene though more because it was more the reality of this uh wild decision that lisa made where it was so fanciful like we talked about like a fairy yeah. tale last episode like lisa descending down james crying or whatever this was like this is the reality of this decision and ali <laughs> didn't sugarcoat it at all for james yeah if he bites mr banks he's going back to lisa it's a yeah. vanderpump dogs i like it, it lessened the 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 fanciful spin that lisa was trying to put on this yeah which i, I liked
3: i also liked that um she you know, throughout this episode and in general, the reason I like her, she has emotional intelligence. She says, um, you know, that when she says she'll give him back and or he's like, um, James is like, if he's our dog now if we want him. And she's like, that's so mean. Like, if someone took Banks from me after I lost everything, I would yeah. be so sad. And I'm like, I like that she is still keeping in mind that Rachel is yes a human being. I like that
1: too. I like that too. Anyone who can still like, I mean, she obviously does not like Rachel in any way at all or anything she's ever done. But I like that she still thought had empathy for her. Yeah. That's like the, that's such a noble thing. I thought that was really sweet.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I think she's great. I also, at the same time, she is probably the least involved. I mean, she actually, she has reason to hate, not hate Rachel, but like, it's her man's ex. So a lot of people would be like, who the fuck is this chick or whatever? But she's like the least involved because she doesn't, know these people. Right. She much. only has
1: her, you know, she she loves Ariana as a friend right. and loves James, but but yeah, still. I mean, her her reaction is a natural reaction to feel empathy about. And and, and no one else is talking about that except like Tom Sandoval and Allie. They're the only ones yeah. that are adding a little bit of this is a, this is a gonna, going to be a really sad thing for a human being to witness when it gets to that point.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also appreciated that she takes having a dog so seriously. She was like, cats are you know, easy and independent. She was like, having a dog is like having a kid. Your whole life will change, which I agree.
1: I'm I, 35
3: and I'm still like, I am not
1: ready for a dog. I I never knew that distinction because I've only had dogs and they do require a lot of energy. They require like, you have to take them out or whatever, you know, it's like, but I didn't know that that was like the difference between cats and dogs. I didn't know that cats require much less so uh, chill. attention.
3: So chill. Um, The, I guess the main difference of the pro to a dog being easier is that you can take a dog with you places and you can't take your cat. So, like, if you go on a trip or something, depending on the dog, of course, you could like bring your dog with you to like yeah. a cabin or yeah. like whatever. A cat, you always have to get a sitter because.
1: Why are, oh, sorry. <laughs> Why are cats so bad uh, outside of their home?
3: I mean, some cats are chill if you train them from day one, but generally they're like in their den, the territory. They like to stay.
1: The difference between cats and dogs. I've never (laughs) been a cat person.
3: Well, sorry for you.
1: And then we go to this wonderful hatchet (laughs) outdoor clothing store so that Tom and Tom can have a scene where they learn together. Well, Tom Schwartz learns two new facts about Rachel Levis. Yeah. First, she's changing her name. Yeah. And then second, she's out.
0: Of the Uh, mental health facility,
1: which we, I remember all like this whole season. I'm like, I remember all of these huge milestones. Like we were actively talking about them, like everything they're doing now. Like, I I don't know. I've just, I've never been so in tune with the time and place of all of these events. Like when they happen and everything.
3: Right. Yeah. I feel like this scene was pretty much just for that. And to reiterate that the Toms are together. um, And then, uh, yeah, it's just Tom keeps saying that. He already knew each of these items. Uh, he only found out that Rachel was out of the facility because her text stopped turning green and started turning blue. Yeah. But she didn't respond. So,
1: did you like his text that he sent to her? What is it? I didn't write it down, oh, but it was something like
3: he uses the letter U. Yeah, he it was just y- like O-U.
1: it was just like it was kind of generic. Yeah. It was just like I hope that you are doing okay, and I I don't know. It was just it wasn't a good, it wasn't a very good text. I feel like at this point. He's letting on more, or he's allowing for more mystery in terms of what is going on with him and Rachel. When he clearly knows for sure that she's done with him at this right. point, because they're they're it sounds like they were corresponding actively, like multiple times a week. Anytime she was able to call him, she was yeah. talking to him, and now he must know this relationship is over. Yeah,
3: once she didn't call him for his birthday, he knew.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and then we go shopping with Brock and Sheena.
1: I liked this part.
3: And uh, yeah, I feel like bikini shopping is a rite of passage on Bravo uh, for a trip. Um, But she reveals that uh, their new clutch nanny, her other client, just had a newborn. So she's out of the picture.
1: Now, I thought, now I'm being a little bit of a stinker here. I have to say it, but I don't because I don't think it's that controversial. So I'm not even brave saying it. I don't think that they trusted Tori at all with Summer Moon (laughs) because... She made that Ozempic joke uh, that Brock hated. (laughs) And also uh, they needed Courtney, Sheena's sister, to watch with Tori. So I think this was a way for them to explain why they're not going to rely on Tori, why Sheena doesn't want to rely on Tori, but not make it about Tori's behavior. Right. And say that she's taking care of a newborn all of a sudden.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it sounds like this is a real point of contention. He basically turns on... The mom completely during this conversation. She says that, uh, you know, he doesn't want her mom around twenty four seven. That um, her mom uh, makes her paranoid. That she's not good enough. Um, which I didn't like fully understand. I was like, is he saying she's like a master manipulator? Like what is happening? And then Sheena sort of clarifies in the after show that it's more like since her mom is always around and she defers to her mom. So she'd never gained confidence mothering her daughter because she always was like, what should I do? Like she always was listening to her mom and deferring to her mom. So if her mom was around less, she would feel more confident in just, living with the decisions that she thought was best.
1: Yes, exactly. But she tried to lessen the impact of what Brock was actually saying in the scene. Because to me, what Brock was saying is like, I want someone else to watch our children that's not your mom because I want to be around your mom less. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that to me is a huge deal. Yeah. The fact that Sheena's mom and Brock do not get along is like, that's going to be a major source of contention for them for as long as they don't get along. Right. And, And Sheena's saying like, I only trust summer with my mom when we go out of town. Right. And Brock doesn't want that.
3: Right. Is Sheena, are Sheena's parents still together?
1: I think Sheena's parents, her mom, oh, you know what? She was raised by a stepdad that she considers her dad. I don't know if she has a relationship with her real dad. Okay. and I, But I don't know if Erica is still married to her stepdad. I don't know she that.
3: like, allu- at one point she says something about like visiting the grandparents. So I feel like they are, but I think the mom just like YOLO, like is Way more involved, like yes. and comes to LA all the time and leaves the grandpa in the dust.
1: I think so too. I, I don't know, that would be good <laughs> to know if they're actually married, but I just know that Sheena's around, you know, her stepdad all the time that she raised and or was raised by and considers her dad. But I don't know, but I, I don't know if I was Brock, I would think it'd be so fun. I guess I don't know the dynamics, but I just think that that would be the perfect scenario if I guess unless you really hate your mother in law and don't want to I mean, spend time with them.
3: Yeah, I if she's like, yeah, I need to know more. Like, is she staying at the condo all the time? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It depends. People have different levels of comfort of with how that. much they love.
1: Yeah. And I guess we're tapping into something. It's like a lot of people might be like <laughs> fully on Brock's side and be like, yeah, I don't want my mother-in-law yeah. here all the time. But I just, I don't know. I guess for me, I, I don't have that relationship with my mother-in-law. So I'd be like, yeah, please watch my kid <laughs> all the time.
3: Yeah. It's like, um, I always on social media see Chrissy Teigen and John Legend like her mom lives with them at all times which I know like culturally a lot of yeah people live that way and I would be like please leave
1: please you would yeah not about I'm,
3: jimmy's mom by the way yeah. i just mean in general yeah no no
1: no. okay all right yeah <laughs> and I'm, I'm the opposite and I, maybe it's just it just is your relationship with the mother-in-law but i would i just feel like this is going to come to a head at some point this brock and erica cold war because sheena loves her mom so much yeah. and erica loves sheena so much like they are like what tied to the hip yeah and if brock doesn't have a good relationship with her this is going to constantly be a big issue and it sounds like i mean that's what this represented to me Yeah, If he had a better relationship with Erica, he would be so happy that he has Erica to rely on for everything that he wants to do. Instead, he's like, we need a neutral party that doesn't make you feel bad as a parent. And that's who I want to watch over your mother-in-law.
3: Yeah. Did you feel like he was going rogue a little bit? Because she kept being like, shut up. Like they went outside and she was like, it's weird that we're arguing in front of strangers at a store. And she keeps being like, stop talking.
1: Brock went rogue. Absolutely. (laughs) So here's what happened. Brock treated that venue as an as a place where he could have a real scene about something he wanted to talk about. Sheena knows that you don't have huge scenes like that at the bikini store. <laughs> you go to some other place where it's more yeah. justifiable to have an explosive fight. So Brock... He thought he was having a traditional Vanderpump Rules scene, but Sheena knows the nuances of what's a fight scene and what's a, we can just have playful banter together. Yeah. So I feel like he misread <laughs> how he should utilize that scene. Yeah. And Sheena almost had a fourth wall break. She was like, yeah. I'm out of here. Bravo, please, bravo, bravo. Bravo, bravo, please stop talking. I don't want somebody to, one, come into the store, or I don't want this bikini store salesman to to talk, or sorry, salesperson <laughs> to talk about what we're talking about. Like, Because this is too real for yeah. this type of scene that we're having
3: yeah i do uh i don't know i feel like judging by how she talked about in the after show i don't know if she was trying to cover brock's ass to make him not seem like an asshole um or if she at this point kind of agrees with what he's saying and that like because she said like she just finally took summer moon to disneyland alone for the first time um like recently and it's like it is to her like with her fear of something going wrong, she, I think uses her mom as like a crutch. Yeah. um, Which is like, I don't know. It's like, obviously that's a great, um, you know, help to have. Yeah. But if it's like impeding your confidence, I think it, you know.
1: Yeah. But it's sort of on, it's on Sheena to take, uh, what's that called? Unsolicited advice from her mom when she wants to. And then also say, no, I want Summer Moon to eat almonds or like, or she doesn't need to wear a hat 24 seven when she's at Disneyland or, you know, it's like, it's up to Sheena to navigate that. And, yeah. and, and I, I did think she was trying to create a ideal version of what Brock was actually saying. Yeah. The root of what I heard Brock saying was that I want your, our mother-in-law to be less a part of our lives. Yeah. I want your mother. Sorry. Yeah. I want Erica to be Less a part of our right lives. While and we're I'm raising curious Summer. what
3: Lala has to say about that because you know she's like obsessed with her mom. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then we get a view of uh Graham on the PJ to Tahoe. Yes. Um. Ken has passed the fuck out. I think they did a snoring edit.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if it was the plane roar <laughs> or his snore, but yeah, he was fully asleep. Was he holding Graham's uh leash? Oh, maybe. Yeah. It was. It was sweet. I mean, it was. Um. I. Th- think i believe that that's what happened that graham couldn't get on the flight right but also i can't not uh deny that potentially lisa wanted another chance to introduce (laughs) i was also scared
3: because every story we've heard even from rachel is that he bit every person that he's been in their possession for the past like year or however many months and um i'm like i'm scared for ken and lisa i know she's a dog whisperer but
1: there, are, Yeah, there are certain things that I'm sure Lisa knows at this point from the rescue. Like, I think Graham probably can't be around other dogs, you know, if he's like aggressive, can't be around food, can't stop him from eating food. So Lisa probably knew at that point the three or four things that she can't do with Graham, but she's just not letting the audience know. So it makes us worried when we yeah. see this dog. We've heard such horrible things about be on a plane, yeah. but in a, it's also not right that they are making the audience think that Graham has no behavioral issues because then, well, people will say, we should make Rachel look as bad as she possibly can and her family look as bad. They're villains. They need to be treated like villains. But it's not being honest because even Ariana, who... Despises Rachel is admitting that Graham had behavioral issues. So it's yeah. just not, and, and Tom Sandoval doesn't want to broach that either, but he does say to Allie, he beat yeah. people. So yeah. I guess they are allowing it into the world. Yeah.
3: Um, maybe they just got footage of him um, on the plane and then took him out and had a PA drive him to talk. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. He was
1: just on the runway or whatever. He was they in got, like
3: a Hannibal Lecter mask. <laughs> I think you.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. I think you might be right.
3: Um, and then uh, Allie made a funny point that she's like, you know, Tom probably spent a lot more time with Graham than we ever knew. Yeah. Uh, And in the after show, uh, Schwartz is like, Tom, were you afraid that Graham was going to give you an like suspicious level of affection? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I know you. Yeah. I like that. I feel like Tom was like, sort of like, Hey Graham, like get away from me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, seriously. Yeah. He had like, he had to very much um, like count, like uh, try to, stop his huge reaction to everything he was thinking about Graham the entire time. So he had a very muted reaction to Graham.
3: Right. Um, Also. Okay. So this is relevant due to news this week. Uh, Lisa does a photo shoot with a a wolf. Uh, I know you posted about it. Um, She posted this week, an image of a wolf wearing a suit. Yes. And she says, who is this? I need him.
1: Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. um, Something like, I don't. Yeah, I forget what else she said, but something like "I need this man in my life." Yeah. What'd you think?
3: I mean, I think I commented on your video. The bestiality continues.
1: Yeah, it was. It was shocking and surprising <laughs> to people who wondered why Lisa Vanderpump would do this, like why she would generate an AI image of a wolf <laughs> in a suit and say, "I need this man, who is this handsome wolf or whatever." But to us, who are so entrenched no in Lisa's language, of course she would find a wolf that had human qualities that's like that's like the um
3: slam dunk yeah
1: that's like so yeah i just i was just like yes, yeah, this is just who lisa is attracted to completely
3: yeah when she's posing with this wolf in tahoe she's like oh my god she's like i love you this is the best moment of my life um and i like what she said about the restaurant she goes there's nothing shy about my new restaurant and it ain't for the faint-hearted that's for sure
1: she already had her three key words that yep. she loves to use. like We've seen this with Pump. We've seen yeah. this with Sir. She has her tagline. This was sexy, masculine. And then this was, she said, this is, I, I have to say it. This is just <laughs> the big bad wolf. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tom well, um, Tom, one of Tom Tom's original characteristics was masculine too, right? Mm. I feel like she's already used masculine as one of her adjectives to right. promote one of her other businesses. Yeah.
3: Nicolaine is popping off on this one.
1: Yeah, Nicolene was loving life this entire episode. (laughs) I want to say before we get to when they actually land in Lake Tahoe, I just want to talk about the airport footage that they had. Um, Because they cannot film at an airport properly, I think this this was a huge injustice to the audience to have all of the first interactions that all of the cast have with Sandoval. I mean, imagine how much interaction they had with him for the two hours or whatever this was getting to the airport being at the guy Fieri restaurant the burbank (laughs) airport or i don't know if they were at lax i think it was lax okay my bad maybe they went to barney's beanery
3: delta terminal
1: barney's yeah like they missed a lot of moments like what tom sandoval says of sheena saying come over here tom sit with us join us at barney's like because they decided to have that scene at the airport they lost a lot of I think, powerful footage of their first interactions with Tom Sandoval in a yeah. group setting. I thought that was yeah. bad. I,
3: I did enjoy that, Um, like, he cried about it, like, four times between, like, in the car with Schwartz, um, like, again later, like, thinking about it, and then, like, in his interview, and then in the after show. Like, he cried about it so many times, and then Sheena and Lala, like, <laughs> they said, we literally said hello, which, to me, like, to they were acting like, what is he so fucking, like, extra about all we did was say hi and i'm like that actually like kind of makes his point that like he was so desperate and so low and like needing just anything besides absolute hate that he cried just because you greeted him
1: yeah i um i thought i thought possibly lala and sheena were being a little disingenuous uh uh, disingenuous about how they said they greeted sandoval because sheena says we literally all we said was hi and Sheena's never talked that way in her life a dismissive yeah. high like that she it's it like repulses her to be unfriendly to someone yeah. and he says hey we're over here five times yeah. to where he doesn't even change the language at all so i i have to say i believe that they were more friendly to him than what they say in the after show because they don't want the scorn of ariana in the audience so they're trying to discount they know there's no evidence of this so they're trying to discount how much of a reaction they had to him
3: they show what does brock shake his hand i think in the footage or something i mean i just
1: i just don't believe that they were that cold and icy to him and then james admits how he was he said he gave him school bus back of the bus energy where (laughs) he looked at him like go sit by the toilet right lala's like oh so you treated him like a bully
3: (laughs) yeah um okay then we get to the rental house um brock and sandoval are the first ones uh to hang out or like the first one to hang out with sandoval they're in the kitchen um you know he's saying i'm just trying to live in the moment He says, we didn't, me and Rachel didn't do anything with malicious intent, but we feel like everyone else did things to us with malicious intent then when james comes in he for some reason sandoval decides to say you know hey james like thanks for being nice to me dude like i really appreciate it blah, blah blah which throughout this episode he keeps thanking people and i'm like just be fucking cool like just you don't have to thank everyone because then they're gonna be like oh shit like i'm being too to nice like that again. just right. like just don't acknowledge it
1: like yeah you're right it makes them want to turn back the dial a little bit on how they're treating him because they're like wait he's reading uh, strange things for me that i'm not giving off yeah like, thank you so much for being so nice to me seems like i'm not being that nice to you yeah
3: he's like let's just get through the weekend like I,
1: I do want to talk i want to take a minute to highlight brock uh i thought that when they got to the house the fact that there was no like all hands meeting to address sandoval being the sort of skunk in the works mm-hmm. there was a missed opportunity so brock going out on the limb and being the first one to talk to him, I thought was actually kind of brave Mm -hmm. of Brock. And what Brock said was actually kind of insightful. And I don't know why Tom Sandoval wanted to push back so much. He's sort of like, um, I don't want to go here with you, you know, but it's like, If you can't talk to Brock and get your feelings across to Brock, I mean, Brock is like a sympathetic ear at this point. He doesn't hate you. He's sort of like Allie. Yeah. He's barely in the crossfire. So if you can't make your case to Brock, you know, I I don't know what you're doing. You're never going to get it across to Lala or Sheena. And then I thought what Brock said was kind of sweet when he says, um, I forget when he says it, but he's like, you know, we're not trying to treat you like a a villain we're just very hurt friends here Mm -hmm. which i thought was kind of sweet right
3: um yeah and in his confessional sandoval's like you know everyone wants me to just grovel at their feet or whatever he's like but this is a situation we all need to move on from together basically saying like he needs to forgive them as well
1: right which is which has been the problem this entire (laughs) season he cannot allow that they talked shit about him at his lowest and profited (laughs) off his misfortune or whatever he says. It's like they, the entire culture and your former friends were very upset with you and said things in the moment that the whole world felt. And I just feel like I, I don't know why he can't remove the passion that everyone had and the fervor during Scandival from his Apology. He's like they yeah. owe me an apology as well, right? And that's that's why he can't apologize to anyone properly.
3: Yeah, I know he's gonna have to get over that. And then, but then when they go outside as a group, he thanks everyone for being so friendly. Yes, he said that they're gonna do guided meditation and yoga and all the stuff. And he said that meditation has been a solid replacement for drinking for him. Um, of course, Lala her ears perk up she's like hell yeah i love talking about sobriety yes um and she's sort of like he he's not saying he's never going to drink again but he wants to have an era he said he, he does admit that he was essentially a functioning alcoholic he said he drank every day for two years right which when i think about it uh when he was talking about uh that The whole thing with Rachel wasn't just about having an affair with her. It was that he was in this relationship that needed to end. He was unhappy, you know. And I'm like, yeah, if you're drunk for two years, you can't get organized with your thoughts and feelings to, like, come up with a game plan that's responsible and kind to the other person and well thought out you're just like he was just in like a spiral
1: yeah right wow yeah I never thought about just being drunk for two years like (laughs) drunk yeah if I drink like one day a
3: week my week is thrown off (laughs) right
1: I mean his his lifestyle was obviously so conducive to drinking where it's like shots and you know everything you own a bar and and but yeah I didn't I, I guess I didn't take into account the fact that he was just fully operating as bordering on drunk right for for a really long time it's like you
3: have to you know if you're gonna try and get out of a 10-year relationship you really have to do soul searching and like get organized because there's that entire, you own a house together. There's the legality of that. There's like, you would have to be very together to make that choice wisely.
1: Yeah. And you also don't know if you're operating under the proper mindset as you're going through this relationship. What if you being semi teetering on drunk (laughs) and going out all the time and getting shots from fans or whatever, is contributing to the misfortune or misery that you have at home. Right. You're not, you're, you're, it's like, you don't have a, proper baseline to right. accurately assess your surroundings. Right. Just to, yeah, just, I mean just to throw that in there too. Um it's this is a, you know, it's awkward. They're all um I think for me the cast and how they're dealing with Tom Sandoval is that they're so uh worried about the fan reaction to who is going to break first because they yeah. know that as we're watching this now, they're going to be in a microscope. So I feel like I feel like there is a lot of, um, outside influence on how they're treating Tom Sandoval at this point. If he hadn't gotten so much shit from the world, I wonder if Lala would have instantly had the same moment that she had, that she tried to have with Rachel, you know, of like right. actively talking to him, seeking him out, saying that I'm there for you. I think that they're all like so worried about the wrath of the audience at this point. Yeah. That they're sort of treating him like uh, with kid gloves.
3: Yeah. Um, then, uh, We see the staircase moment, which visually wasn't iconic. Um, I thought it was going to be like... "Ah."
1: Me too, but I think where Sheena was sitting, they didn't have it captured properly, but where Sheena was sitting, (laughs) you can look at it. It was descending down a staircase. There was white light from the sun. It just you and I put such a beautiful yeah. flowery spin on it.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lisa drops off that dog and pieces
1: out. She says, I, I think she really says something like, I'm not going to say... Yeah, she said, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. It's like,
3: what? she She's like, bye.
1: And then uh, Brock is processing... They're all stunned. They're like, what the hell is happening? Allie goes, yeah, yeah. Graham's back. <laughs> uh, Lala's like, what the hell? Brock goes, what the fuck? Schwartz <laughs> she... says, he was in the gulag. <laughs> yeah. And there's just... There's no... Proper context for what is going on. James tries to explain it when Brock says his mind's blown. James goes, this is what happens when you go away and you can't take care of your dog. And anyway, he's my buddy now and he's living with me and let's not talk about it anymore. And everyone's just like, okay.
3: Graham drags his ass on the deck.
1: Yeah, he immediately scoots. James goes, I'm going to clean that up. (laughs) <laughs> right
3: Yeah Um. And then um. Tom Like Allie Kind of asked Tom For some tea And is like yeah. Do you know about this And he, he reveals He's like I know they tried to Place them a couple times And he bit some people It didn't really work And that's the last I heard And she's like It's a new start For everyone She's gonna be called Rachel now And he's gonna be called Hippie And she's like it's sad, I know.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, that, yeah. That was an interesting conversation. And also, um, they asked Tom Sandoval the after show. They're like, "How did you feel when this happened?" And he was like, "I felt like I immediately needed to call Rachel because I knew that she was going to be horrified that this yeah. had happened." I
3: know he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> um, so I feel like that's why he's so in his head, and that like yeah. he's like, "Oh fuck!"
1: And then they and then they get finally they're um, they edited a lot of like think legitimate questions that needed to be asked here um but then they decide that they're gonna have a little cleansing lake tahoe moment they sort mm-hmm. of have a little bit of fun yeah you see you see like james on the rocks with sandoval yeah. and like jumping there's a drone shot yeah that,
3: like at the end it pulls up all the way is sandoval sunbathing on a rock and then the drone like flies oh, away oh i
1: thought that was schwartz at sandoval i thought it was oh, okay maybe it was yep. yeah he was having a real moment out on the yeah. rocks
3: there Um, yeah, and then we already talked about it, but Ariana is assessing the value of her furniture, um, which, um, is very generic in my opinion, (gasps) Uh, (laughs) um, despite some of it supposedly being custom, um, Schwartz gets stung by a bee. Schwartz gets stung
1: (laughs) by a bee, some chaotic energy here. Um, Sheena and Brock apologize, or Brock apologizes for at the bikini store having a huge, Um, outburst and he says, you know, let's have a little bit of bliss in Lake Tahoe before we deal with all the horrific shit that's going on, you know, with your mother-in-law and me.
3: (laughs) Uh, then we get to visit Wolf, which is under construction. Um, they show the rendering. It is the most Nicolene shit you've ever seen in your life.
1: She said, Nicolene, close your eyes. (laughs) What would you do if you had no budget? What would you do if you went to heaven? You could construct any, um, what do they call it? Restaurants you wanted. And he go and then she let him paint and then Lisa was closing her eyes and he goes, open them. And she looked at that and it looks
3: what'd you think? Yeah, he drew it like in real time, like right, sketching. Right. right. Uh-huh. And they both had their eyes closed. Yeah.
1: And then he goes, open them. And then yeah, you see that drawing. I mean it does look made. sexy.
3: You think so? Yeah. It, it looks, looks trans like you'd be transported once you walked in.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're definitely gonna be transported when we finally get to go to Lake Tahoe. That's definitely on the list of things we're going, where we're going. Um, I didn't know it was attached to Harrah's. Right. So it's sort of, I thought it was going to be a standalone sexy restaurant. The fact that it's adjoined to a casino, I don't know if that makes me feel as good as if it was a standalone restaurant. Right. Where do you feel in terms of restaurants <laughs> that are adjacent to casinos?
3: Um. I mean, I guess that's like her bread and butter these no. days. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. I, I have to, the jury's still out for me on whether I liked that Nicolaine experience. Did I we
3: stay th- at Harrah's? At we BravoCon? We stayed at yeah, it was right. Yeah, kind of shitty.
1: Yeah, we didn't really like. It. Yeah, that's it was what I'm a saying. Dump. Like, yeah, it was kind of a dump. No <laughs> offense to Harris. I mean, it was better than the Rio, but um, uh, but uh-huh. well, I, I have to say, you know, like I never thought Tom Tom's aesthetic really matched with um, Tom and Tom. No, like, that they didn't. I don't think they really liked that aesthetic. And they steampunk let, a little bit. Yeah, I just never thought that they felt wedded to that aesthetic no they didn't have a choice they didn't have a a choice and i think that i don't know i just i want this still had some tom Tom tom-esque yeah work there i guess because it's nicolene nicolene okay
3: i feel like he's kind of like her boyfriend low-key
1: like she is she that would be her dream but yeah i think she loves him
3: i think so too yeah um but i was excited to see it um you know she smashed the wall with a hammer um and then Everyone, when they join, they do the classic thing of everyone gets to get out their aggression by smashing the wall.
1: What are those called? She treats it like a... What are those called? Where you break stuff in yeah. a
3: room? You know, I was going say break room. I
1: thought that too. Yeah. Where they get to smash out their aggression. And yeah. um,
3: Didn't um, Brittany do it with people after Jax cheated? Yeah. yeah. Like they threw like printers against the wall and like
1: plates and stuff i would want to do it they were like rotten hell i would have loved to get a chance to break some of the shit in that would you have done that sure okay um what's uh james goes first he goes you should have taken better care of graham (laughs) yeah schwartz
3: says i don't want to be single in 40 kind of a sad one
1: yeah and lala says i'm gonna
3: cry uh Sheena goes motherfucking restraining order.
1: And then uh, <laughs> this is a this is a true embodiment of Tom Sandoval's uh state of mind <laughs> and why it's off base and not getting anyone back on his side. Yeah. What he decides to do with his break shit moment <laughs> is say all the things that his castmates said about him. <laughs> During Scandaval. Yeah. Scumbags and Cheaters, I forget who called him that. Yeah. Ariana. Uh
3: Worm with a mustache. James. Uh Charles Manson's son. Lala. <laughs> then he just says Lala. <laughs> then he uh, says James Kennedy. Yeah. And then motherfucking Scandaval.
1: So in a nutshell, if you just took that scene out of you know, by itself and showed us in a in the Scandaval mindset of what Tom Sandoval <laughs> would be doing six months <laughs> from now, yeah. you'd be stunned that this is the direction he decided to take.
3: They gave him the quiet edit wherever it was kind of crickets.
1: It, it was, it was a an extra moment that landed like a thud and he thought he would have the uproarious uh, laughter and cheering, but it was embarrassing. And Lala said what, which she said it under her breath. I yeah. don't know why she didn't make more of a meal of this. She said, what about hitting the wall for the things that you did? Yeah. It's
3: like, I, I, <laughs> I think that, well, when he said, um, uh, which one made everyone laugh? Because there was one that James did a big reaction. I think was it when he just said Lala. La. He said Lala. La. Yeah. And everyone did laugh. I think it went a little better than they portrayed. Um, but then they gave it the cut where Lisa was like, time to go to dinner. Like Jesus <laughs> and Christ. they, and they have uh,
1: Sandoval walk out in shame with <laughs> yeah. crickets. What do you think uh, Sandoval would, if he was taking accountability and being responsible for his actions, what could he have said <laughs> while he was screaming and throwing a hammer through the wall
3: (laughs) uh yeah he's like emotional accountability
1: (laughs) yeah what would he say i was horrible um i i betrayed someone that loved me more than anything
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i ruined it all
1: what did you say first accountability yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that I mean, would have been no I that's so fun. Well, but but he I think if Tom Sandoval he should have thought about it for a second and just said what can I say that like where I look bad for a second. Right. Yeah. He's really he I say it every week. He he cannot accept that he is not the victim in a scenario and he's yeah. the perpetuator of misery. For sure. He can't. No. He's just he's never I don't I don't think in a very long time he has been the villain and he can't accept that he did anything that would warrant being considered a villain.
3: Yeah. He definitely bought into, and we all kind of did his like nice guy persona where he made everyone dumpling lattes. They showed him making James one in the montage. Uh, He like helped him plan his engagement. He brought the, you know, he always brings the wedding kit when he's a best man. Like he very much is like, that's my thing. And it's like, now that everyone's like, we don't give a shit about any of that because, you know, what you did was worse. We're like, He's like, no. Uh.
1: Yeah, remember all those things I did. <laughs> and we're like, you gave Sheena $10,000 just so she'd forgive you every, for everything you did. Yeah. Um. Do you think, do you believe with the psychological theory that there's no altruistic act and that it's only to make yourself feel better if you do something altruistic? Oh. Or do you believe in true, beautiful altruism (laughs) and that maybe Tom Sandoval was altruistic at times?
3: Um, Yeah, I don't... uh, I think, you know, a byproduct of, like, generosity is that you feel good... But I think it's a good quality to feel good by making others feel good.
1: Yeah. Like I was just thinking of myself. I was like, am (laughs) I an evil person who only does generous acts to make myself feel better? But then I'm like, sometimes if I, you know, if I see someone going through a hard time outside of like the post office, and if (laughs) I had $2 that were spare, I wouldn't give that to them just so that I feel better. There are
3: no cameras on you.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't even feel that good about myself after doing that so there is some <laughs> altruism yeah do we just solve so. that psychological that, conundrum
3: yeah we're philosophers that's
1: amazing no wonder <laughs> people listen to turtle time and like it right
3: obviously um okay then uh they go to dinner and uh Schwartz and Nicolaine ordered dirty martinis.
1: Yeah, and Lisa goes dirty martinis. Who the <laughs> hell are you two? And then she goes, Allie, what are you going to order? And Allie goes, Obviously, Vanderpump Rose. You She's saw like, that? I like that. Did you see that out though on the way out of uh, their restaurant, which is being built, that they already have the advertisement for Wolf by Vanderpump, and it says, "Throw me to the wolves" on the wall. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. So you go from Friday's dinner or whatever the hell that restaurant Friday station, and then you walk across. When we go to Harrows, you're going to see this. It says, throw me to the wolves, oh. dot, dot, dot. And it says wolf by Vanderpump. And then that's what's going to greet I you. and you go. that. Isn't that wild?
3: Um, yeah. Did you also notice that back at the something about her conversation, Ariana says like, um, you know, they've been having problems. And she's like, I want to say like, who do I need to blow at City Hall? Um, but they're all gay. And I was like, I feel like Lisa already said that like years ago or something.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't really respond to that. Um, uh, I felt a little disingenuous. disingenuous. I just didn't I don't like the idea of Ariana saying that she would like blow someone <laughs> to get through the red tape at like city hall or whatever I just don't like that that, that. imagery yeah imagery <laughs> or, or that she had to think about that for even a second
3: um okay then at dinner they're talking about uh someone mentions how um Graham seems like a different dog and Lisa says James seems like a different dog as well doesn't he
1: yeah, it's so sweet. And then Lisa is um, all, I have to say, a little bit off her game at this table mm-hmm. uh, because she's going. I thought it was. Inter-, she goes. She's like trying her hand at what they're going to talk about at dinner. And she goes, "I thought it was interesting that Schwartz said that he was sad and single." And yeah. everybody goes, "Yeah, okay." Like it, it wasn't that big of a deal in yeah. my mind. I think Schwartz was just demonstrating his characteristic self-effacement and just having a little bit of a pity party moment. Right? He didn't yeah. mean that like. Deeply and truly, I don't think.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then they bring it up on the after show and he says that he is bummed out by his living situation. He hates his apartment. It costs as much as his mortgage yeah. did, except he's not building any equity. Um, he said that he could make it look better. He has friends who are interior decorators. He's like, I could make it way nicer, but I don't want to get cozy there because I don't want to live there anymore.
1: You're right. That added more context to it. So maybe he legitimately was very upset. At first, I did think it was just characteristic Schwartz uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's that called? The opposite of hubris.
3: Like um aw shucks. <laughs> yeah, aw shucks behavior. Um yeah. and then Sandoval kind of doubles down. He's like, "Your apartment kind of reminds me of like your f- like someone's first apartment after they leave the dorm." Yeah. It was like rude. Yeah, I'm like, was... "What would Sandoval's apartment look like if he had to move when he will have to move?" Yeah, like...
1: that was rude. And then they talk about Joe uh, again and um Schwartz reiterates that she doesn't live with him and he doesn't love her. He or... said
3: that she's a landlord.
1: He did win in that. He said,
3: uh, they're like, uh, she, uh, he's like, she doesn't live with me. She um, owns a house. She has a rental property. Whoa. And I was like, so does she live there?
1: Right. Like, why did li- you say it like that? He, Yeah. He just needs to be fully honest about what the hell is going <laughs> on with Joe. And then I thought that one of my favorite moments of this episode in terms of what it meant and how it made me feel was when sandoval uh for a second in the glowing sun says brock look over here for a second and he takes a (laughs) full-blown selfie with brock he was it it was entrapment he goes thanks dude and then you watch brock you watch brock question why the hell that just happened and sandoval goes um yeah i just i i never take selfies for myself and Mm -hmm. brock has a bit of confusion where he says, why (laughs) did...
3: I was waiting for him to be like, don't you dare post that. For
1: sure. And that's that's exactly what Brock was thinking. Yeah. Sandoval took that selfie. There's no other way to read it. He took that selfie as a Brock sign of endorsement. <laughs> and Brock's confusion after is that he's thinking, what the hell is Sandoval going to do with this selfie? Is he going to indict me and say, having a great dinner with my friend Brock in Lake yeah. Tahoe? That's like what that photo was for.
3: Yeah. And then Lisa's like, now, James, uh, why don't you tell me one thing you like about Sandoval? I was like, what the fuck is happening? She goes,
1: you're having sort of a feel-good factor. You've got the feel-good factor within you, so why don't you say something nice about Tom Sandoval? It's like, where did you get that? Like, where did that come from?
3: And then Tom is like... That felt a little awkward, Lisa. And Sheena's like, ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. Yeah, they all sort of break for the tension because it was a really awkward, ham-handed way to make James say something. And James takes it in stride. He goes, just the fact that we're all sitting at the table, I think, is a huge step. Yeah. Schwartz goes, yes, this is huge. Yes. Definitely, this is huge. So that's all, James gets to get out of it. He doesn't have to say something flattering about Sandoval.
3: Yeah, and uh yeah, they bring up... um Tom says that he made an offer to Ariana to buy her out. He hasn't spoken to her since the reunion. Um, and then,
1: yeah. I, I want to say something about the feel good factor for James. Do you think that was um, sort of a quid pro quo of Lisa to say, you've got such a good, beautiful thing that I brought back into your life. Why don't you say something big, bold and <laughs> yeah. beautiful about this person that She's I'm like, advocating you owe me for? now. I mean, how, I, there's other ways to read it, but it was such a bad segue yeah. that to, the fact that she says, James, you're feeling your oats and having the time of your life because of something I did for you. Now, why don't you give some of that beautiful, fun spirit, yeah. feel good spirit to Sandoval who I want to be good with you all now.
3: Yeah, I do feel a little bit. I know I defended Lisa to the high heavens um during the reunion when everyone started turning on her and um, you know, questioning her place on the show and yeah. if they needed to give reverence to her any longer because I was like you kiss the ring forever like it's Vanderpump rules. Um but on this episode I was kind of like what are we all doing here? Like these kids, in quotes, kids Mm -hmm. are old as fuck. (laughs) Why are they still like on like mommy's dime or like, you know, it just feels weird at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I also defend Lisa to the high heavens and I consider her to be responsible solely for the power of Vanderpump Rules and Beverly Hills for a really long time. And I love her forever. I think that what is irking me about lisa is her trying to still generate storylines within this universe that are not natural in any way i would i don't mind them going to lisa like the godfather and asking for favors once a season or twice a season or going to the restaurants a couple times yeah but she i feel lisa's need to actively participate in what is going on and it's not justifiable anymore because there's no excuse for why Lisa is so embedded in the lives of people that no longer have anything to do with her for the most part. Yeah. So I wish I wish that they could figure out a new and Lisa knew enough to be like withdraw a little bit. This yeah. show is not going to last forever. You're not going to yeah. be out of the loop for much longer. Also if Lisa wanted to she could snap her fingers and be back on Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I think she just needs to find a new avenue of what she does on vanderpump rule so it doesn't come off like this where she's trying to just make fodder for the table by making james compliment sandoval for no reason and creating a awkward moment
3: right um okay so then they go out after to a bar um schwartz gets a bourbon shot and a coors light um and then brock orders two tequila shots so then schwartz is like never mind i'll do the tequila
1: shot what did you think about them all just sitting down at this (laughs) bar outside lake tahoe with sandoval just it's so the fact that they haven't all properly talked to him in their own way and he's just like sort of like sitting right next to them and they're like sort of treating him like it's normal is really weird i know this is a show where like they get points and And uh, they get favor for having hard conversations, but none of them wanted to pull him aside before he pulled James aside and just like Brock did. And I give Brock a lot of credit. He tried to have this talk, smoothing the waters and figuring out how to navigate this trip, but... They're all just like, I, I, it's like they're half in, half out. They're like, I don't talk to him, but he's sitting right there right. in front of me. It's, I know.
3: He's the, sort of handling it pretty well. He like,
1: is. You know? He is handling it well for being the skunk in the works, like yeah. I already said, for being the... What's what's another word? He's There's a huge elephant in the room, but... This show prioritizes and and um, benefits from hard conversations, and the hardest conversation they could all be having is one-on-ones with him yeah. in the house, and they're not having it. Right. That's why there's there's a, a lot of missed opportunity here. Right. And it, and it makes all these scenes awkward. It's like right. talk to him. What is, he's <laughs> he's at your table. You can't sure. just treat him like a leper. Right. Well,
3: he quickly uh, takes it upon himself to pull James aside, and and, and that
1: to I mean. I I'll get shit for this to Sandoval's benefit. He no, and no one, will. this is, you can say this is a negative too, because he knows how to work the camera and the audience. That's what we've been saying. That's why we were so led astray by him. He knows that a one-on-one with James is the most powerful thing he can do. And he got five minutes of the final episode. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying like, he is able, he's (laughs) getting power the way he knows how to get power by Making scenes happen that are not happening He's playing the him. game. He's playing Wisely. the game. Wisely. And that's not... We're not... That's not like... We're, this isn't a, a horrible, controversial defense of him, right? <laughs> no. It's just saying... I thought this conversation went really well. It, um, it did. And it was like,
3: wow, like, look what happens when you listen to the other person and take accountability for one second yes so Um,
1: yeah so he pull he pulls him aside he goes we'll be in you know clear view of everyone else you can see that we're not like fighting or whatever but james does a really great job in mm -hmm. the scene having this conversation with sandoval
3: yeah i liked um so yeah uh tom is like you know i just want to coexist honestly i was scared to talk to you before it was like all very overwhelming um and he goes he starts by saying we never meant to hurt anyone and i liked james said no one ever like means to hurt anyone but you knew that it would so like yeah obviously everyone always wishes that what they did didn't hurt someone like that's like not totally and
1: these are the four pillars of like tom's defense that we've heard one of them is we did not have malicious intent yeah but what James said undercuts that. It's like you, that pillar is gone. Yeah. Because no matter what you say to yourself, yeah. you knew you were hurting Ariana. Yeah. You knew it. Yeah. Not, you might have not thought about James. That's okay. Yeah. You knew that you were doing something actively that was going to ruin someone's life and yeah. mental health at a time when you said that they were really in a, like, you know, a bad place. Yeah. So that like that defense is done and James finally just cut it out which yeah. i really liked yeah
3: um and he's like do you think you know there was a version where you could have broken up with Ariana and just made it work with Rachel and like avoided all of this,
1: yeah, you know, he goes, he goes, no, he goes, oh no, you have no idea. And James, and he goes, no, it was so hard. All the things you have to factor in. And James goes, all I'm hearing is that I, th- or all I want to say to you is that I think that you could have been smart enough to have walked out the door. So this is the end of the ra- relationship with me and Ariana, and then possibly started a relationship with Rachel under better terms. It would have still yeah. been bad, but yeah. you could have navigated this better if you were smarter.
3: Right. Um, James, like, gets very worked up. Uh, yeah. At one point, he stands up and sits down. Like, yeah. he's, like, jumping out almost, of his he skin.
1: He had a walkout, but then I yeah. think he had more to say.
3: And then he's like, do you think you're going to be with her now? And Sandoval's like, I don't know. He said he's torn between resentment and love. Oh, you I hate <laughs> when I'm torn between resentment and love. <laughs> I know. I want to
1: just be... I just want to be... On the love side, but when you get that resentment <laughs> in there. And then James says, provocative, um, sort of thought provoking question. He says, Was it all worth it? And Tom says, I don't know. And yeah. James goes, Well, I'm sorry for you, bro. <laughs> like that, all of that shit and everything you're dealing with now might not have been worth it. Right. And then Tom, uh, in his confessional, adds more, or uh, he says, Maybe it was worth it because he says, for me the path that i was on no matter what happened would have been a horrible path and i no matter what is happening to me now it might be better that i'm on this new path sort of ambiguous language to say that like no matter what he ultimately feels better about where his life is leading to now than it was with ariana
3: yeah and uh yeah james reiterates he's like we've been a through a lot together. We were bros. Yeah. Uh, and Sandoval does say, I'm sorry that I discounted that. I agree.
1: I love when he does that. He did it with Sheena too. He says, yeah. I'm sorry. I, you know, I threw you by the wayside when I didn't care about getting you back on my side or when I wanted to discount a relationship in terms of how you were affected by this. But now he's really acknowledging that him and James had a rapport and a relationship no yeah. matter what. And, yeah. and-
3: Oh, James is like, you were the guy. He said that he was the last person in Hollywood that was ever going to fuck him over. And he couldn't believe that he was the one to stab him in the back.
1: And I, I believe that. I believe more of the the big brother, the James feeling like Tom Sandoval was his big brother. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do think that is genuine. And yeah. he thought that just like us before, we thought Tom Sandoval was a trustworthy person.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, it ends pretty well. They show a montage of their moments. Yeah. Um, they do a less uh, cruel uh, take on the uh, uh, trumpet. Uh, they-,
1: they show James after he does his <laughs> trumpet. James goes, dude, this is iconic or something. He's <laughs> like, I love what we just, the magic we worked up in here. Yeah. And, then, and Tom, you know, ends the conversation with saying at your ease, we'll work through this. And I promise to listen better, which is the final sentiment that everyone has said he should have when he's arguing with someone. So Tom took some notes and took the I'm the victim mentality out of this entire conversation and just went with the I'm sorry, no but, and whatever you want to do with me, I'm here you can take it at your leisure, but I'm going to work on getting back in your good graces and being a better friend, yeah. which is the advice that every single person has told him. And this is, I think, the first conversation where he really learned it.
3: Yeah. And it ends with a hug.
1: It ends with a hug. And then I was kind of shocked to see that James on the after show undercut this moment. He says that a lot of Tom, what Tom was saying didn't make sense to him, even though in the moment it seemed like James understood everything. Yeah. So James, again, it was sort of what Lala and Chino were doing, where they try to lessen the impact of what they did on the trip because they're thinking about the audience reaction now. (laughs) James is sort of, he's saying that like, he was like, yeah, I just let him have that moment, but I didn't think he had really learned anything or something. He said that
3: things are not going well for them now. Okay. Like currently whenever he filmed that. Okay.
1: So uh, yeah, so I think we read the scene right, that that's how James came away from that conversation and then since then it's been sullied by shitty stuff that tom has done
3: yeah um but yeah i will say just overall i am intrigued by this era of everyone being forced to i don't know become some level of comfortable <laughs> being around him because right? it's it is. oh my god it's like a year march 1st is like
1: March March first is yeah fifteen days before the Ides of March. That is when the phone fell out. Yeah, at Tom Tom when we were there. I mean, obviously we we have to you know I don't know what you're doing March first, <laughs> but I think we have to go back to Tom Tom do a one year retrospective. And then third is when the world knew when Scandival opened the universe open, and we're now living in a post Scandivall universe. Yeah. I think, yeah, I guess um, just to go back to what I was saying about would anyone forgive Sandoval or ever have them in his life had this, if this was not a show, I still don't know where I'm landing there.
2: Yeah,
3: I know. Because it's like, on one hand, it's like they would never have to see him again because they wouldn't be forced to be together. On the other hand, they wouldn't be judged for seeing him again.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. It's interesting. So I don't know, but this, I, I like talking about this episode. There's a lot of shit. We've never seen the cast have to deal with a situation like this. Even when Lala and James were on the outs, they weren't treated like this. It wasn't right. like, it wasn't like they were <laughs> meekly sitting, like trying to gain favor from everyone. They did, but it was a completely different experience. This yeah. is like, I feel this-
3: like um, Stassi is, um, at that reunion is maybe the closest when everyone was just like, shut up.
1: Yeah. Stasi <laughs> came closest to this experience, but it still did not have this. Feeling. No, it was not like this. It was not no. like full blown leper in the midst. Right. That they, uh, that has to like gain his way back. Right. With no like help. Well, he has help. He has Lisa and Schwartz. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So I, I mean, I did like talking about this episode.
3: Yeah. There's a lot to think about a lot. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, you know um, what the
1: opposite... You know how that was sort of hard to talk about? You know what's the opposite of hard to talk <laughs> about?
3: Summerhouse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a beautiful ray of sunshine. Yeah. Summer. We're going from the winter of Lake Tahoe, even though it's the summer <gasps> technically, to a beautiful summer. Fun in the sun. Fourth party. of July. Fourth of July. Yeah. Party party vibes. I
3: forgot that's always where it starts. I forgot too. Yeah. Um. No, I thought... We already talked about it a little bit on Patreon, but um, great first episode.
1: Oh, this thing was rocking and rolling. And I want to acknowledge the new news that you told me that you sort of, you like had a newspaper. You had, um, <laughs> where did they used to show ratings on? What was the Hollywood oh, Reporter? Yeah, or Variety. You had, yeah, you had the fir- front page of Variety, and it said Summerhouse. Um, slump. <laughs> the Summerhouse Slump. And it said ratings are in the doghouse. And <laughs> Summerhouse unfortunately had a huge hit to its ratings between season seven and season eight. And if I was thinking about things, which is what I'm doing right now, I would think that summer house would actually get a little uptick from the Carl and Lindsay, uh, drama that's going on. So what
3: (laughs) the only, like that really bums me out as someone who loves the show, it brings a small smile on my face imagining lindsay reading that <laughs> <laughs> for some reason lindsay's like wait what the hell happened here
1: she the is- lowest ratings of summer house ever after i have this huge moment um
3: <laughs> everyone's like actually it's about them never mind
1: yeah i was i was i'm trying to think of one of those old timey headlines where it's like um where it's like Summerhouse slump hub house you know a hub house hovers or whatever, you know it'd be like a, yeah a, it'd be like a play on an h word yeah and then, uh, but uh, you know i can't obviously hub house
3: in hooverville <laughs>
1: there you go that's that's great like and Lindsay has to read that it's a direct correlation to her what so i will say okay this is an amazing episode if you're not watching Summerhouse, what the hell are you doing it is a carefree Joyous experience. If you think seasons one and two are a summerhouse slog, season three is so beautiful. It's when Hannah and Paige get in the mix. It feels like modern summerhouse, and there's so much fun shit that has happened over the eight seasons on that show. That yeah. you 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 love the characters. It's it, they're cast members. You I love I summerhouse
3: slurp it up.
1: Yeah, I summerhouse slurp too. There's no slump <laughs> for us. And I just think I don't know what's going on here. It might be something to do with uh, live. TV ratings and Summer House might not be appointment television for people, but, um, you got to watch Summer House. It can provide joy. You just need to get acclimated to this cast. And I swear you'll grow to love every single one of them, except potentially Lindsay Hubbard.
3: (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So it opens up hot with the, um, breakup preview, um, like two months earlier, which is the
1: best way they could yeah. ever started we this. called it
3: uh we knew that's what it would be um but it's you know her getting up from the couch saying clearly you've already made up your mind yeah. like i'm out of here whatever carl talking to the camera saying uh she's gonna you know act blindsided she's gonna try and spin this but she's been blind to what's been going on for the last year then iconically cuts to her on the phone with her dad saying, I am completely blindsided.
1: Yeah. she Yeah. She says it blindsided. And I like that. I like that. Carl's talking to the camera and he's muttering to himself. <laughs> like it's a fourth wall break, which is so funny that they said you can break the fourth yeah. wall. Just tell the camera what you're feeling. And uh, I like that. He says, um, I thought she would handle this completely differently or whatever mm-hmm. he says is very yeah. funny. Also, it's interesting that Lindsay immediately calls her dad right. instantly. Like I know.
3: I love um, when Carl says like, you know she's gonna act blindsided he's like i'll be that guy like i'll let her you know paint me that way i don't give a shit
1: he goes i'm fine being the bad guy in this scenario and it's the exact like we say the parallels of scandoval are so wild he said i'll be the villain you can paint me as the villain for as long as you want and sandoval couldn't be painted the villain for one second yeah I know. Um, Yeah, Um, so that was a great way to start. Like, where the hell are the viewers for that? You get this peek into uh, what we're going to see. And then they go back in time. Like you said, you predicted this. You said two months earlier, right? And we see a little (laughs) glimpse. Everyone's like, beep, beep.
3: Everyone's what's that getting picked up oh, oh right all oh, right <laughs> okay
1: so it doesn't go into carl and Lindsay's house just yet not it's yet. first okay okay yeah they give us a little bit of fun of getting picked up in a huge like uh escalade by yeah. danielle
3: we're cooking with grease or oh, whatever we cooking,
1: they said yeah we're cooking with grease gabby gets picked up right mm-hmm. it's gabby page sierra. sierra yeah
3: danielle's driving kyle and amanda are picking up our new cast member west which we will get into but i love him
1: West is so great. We already said on the Patreon how much we love West. Um, he is a, yeah, I mean, one of the best casting decisions that they've made in a really long time. I, yeah. I'm, they've had, we talked about this, they've had a lot of flop uh, guys come on this show. <laughs> yeah. And they've had great success in casting Sierra. I thought Maya was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who else is new? Like,
3: um, uh, I know a lot of people are saying, bring back Andrea. Yeah, oh Andrea? yeah, he's great.
1: A- Andrea, yeah. Um, Sierra, you know, is relatively new. I mean, she's like fifth season or whatever, but like yeah. they've done a good job, but the guys just cannot hang in there. And Wes, yeah. I feel like I have the most hope for him out of anyone I've seen in a really long time. I
3: know, I felt that way. And then I rewatched the episode with Jimmy and almost immediately oh. he was like, yeah, he's cool. Like, Whoa! he was, like, immediately down. I was like, okay. Tim- I'm like, if he likes him, that says a lot. Because he usually is, like, anti-everyone.
1: No, uh, no, I am, too. I have a high <laughs> bar for meeting new people. And West passed the test. He he has a legitimately good sense of humor, yeah. I thought. Like, actually funny stuff, but understated, yeah. dry humor.
3: He has a good, you know, at least viewing from the first episode, he seems good-hearted. Yep. Um, not evil.
1: His story was um, good. Like I liked that his family seemed sweet. His dad is a cattle rancher, and then his mom is a librarian slash OBGYN. It was like the perfect story. Oh, right. Maybe it was just OBGYN. Yeah. I don't know where I put the library. One of our here.
3: turtle cuties, did you see that comment? Yeah. They said that they know his family and that they rule.
1: Yeah, and they, and, and they were so glad that we loved West because they know him to be a great person. So he even has people in the real universe vouching for him. Yeah.
3: Um, and then we get to see, they show the rad house neon sign. Okay. And I was like, oh God. Um, and they are not going to be on this first episode because they're going to the White House for 4th of July. Can
1: I be a little bit of a stinker about uh, uh, Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're going to the White House, which I love the White House, I love running up there. Obviously, you and I were there on January 6th. I love it. But why? Why? would you go there on the first weekend when you're filming your show like you already had a horrible season seven where you guys uh, created such a uh, fun suck when you got there and the house was like horrible yeah. why would you see again seeding the the storyline and seeding the power to all the fun loving people in the house so that they have an amazing fulfilling weekend with each other where they create these dynamics they meet the new cast members and then you come in like a bunch of wet blankets wearing American flag tees. And all you got from it was that you got to go to the 4th of July Abraham Lincoln monument. retrospect, You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I love the White House. Like, that's amazing that they Lindsay's went there he's
3: wearing like the like <laughs> still
1: leg uncle sam costume
3: right but, but they,
1: <laughs> their footage like they didn't even get all they had was their iphone footage like hey babe look where we are abraham lincoln's behind me can you believe it but it's like it's the first weekend of your show this is your show you yeah. guys are the main cast members why would you go on a trip on the first week in you're filming i just i could never do that i could never if i if you and i were Priorities on a reality, are bad. If you and I were on a reality show, would we ever let the other cast, like, it's like, this is where your fame came from. Like, yeah. this is where you're going to have a make or break experience. I just can't believe that they left the first weekend so that they could all create these, like, dynamic, fun bonds that are going to last for the rest of summer.
3: It's true. It also just flashed to mind. I don't know if you know this, but, um, you know, our friend Trevor of course i know trevor name. uh his parents got married in i think it was 1976 i think
1: oh the um oh the, the centennial yes. or whatever yeah Tricent? i think that's when it was yeah
3: yeah of course. Um, okay i think they got married on fourth of july um <gasps> and he his dad was dressed as uncle sam and his mom was dressed as lady liberty
1: no way <laughs> Send me the photo now. I think they it's like. They got married July 4th, 1976. I think so. So that's okay. So if you're going, that's 200 years. That's our bicentennial, right? Because bi-weekly yeah. means two times yeah. in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I,
3: I think I, it was on the news.
1: That they were dressed as Uncle Sam. And I mean, say what you will about Uncle Sam. But <laughs> honestly, on July Full 4th. circle. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you will about him. Obviously, he loves our taxes. And I don't know what the hell he's doing <laughs> with them. Like, uh, yeah. But you have to honor Uncle Sam on July 4th. That's the one time you can dress up like Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, and Lady but like, Liberty.
3: Yeah. I think Carl and Lindsay, they should have just gotten married on the spot right there.
1: Did the end? Uh, Carl, no offense. This isn't offensive. He's he looks kind of like Abraham Lincoln.
3: Yeah. I mean, is that bad? No, he's tall. Yeah.
1: Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> did they get married at the White House? <laughs>
3: I think it was somewhere in LA
1: do you get a little sad that you and I might not make it to 2076
3: Uh huh. when are we gonna die we already <laughs> talked about this before 90 I
1: was saying 97 if we keep doing good things and deeds but if so if I
3: make it 100 years I'll go to 2088
1: 28 we shouldn't talk about um <laughs> good things and like because we've already had... You know what I mean? We should not... We got yeah. really knock on wood for the rest of our lives. Sure.
3: Um, okay. So anyways, Carl looks dead behind the eyes in every interaction with Lindsay. Um, and, and, and
1: also, the the Lindsay was uh, like letting a little bit of the... This guy doesn't help me with the wedding. Yeah. He's just doing crunches in the corner and I'm having to do the whole thing. And she's kind of smiling all the way through it. She's like, yeah. it's our wedding, buddy. Get over here and stop doing crunches. And it's like, that's the storyline. You want it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like,
3: um, well, it's nobody's wedding because it's not happening, babes.
1: You keep saying that every time every she talks about her wedding? Every time. Um, Can I also say that where we watched this, you and I were at a fun, beautiful party that our friend, you know, threw at her house. And we were raucously laughing and having fun <laughs> and like cheersing. And i just like that's the power of summer house yeah we grew, i was like laughing out loud at a lot of the th- it's a funny cast yeah almost like i don't want to be a little stinker but more sense of humor combined here than anything that we're getting on vanderpump Rules. there's a yes. lot of humor over on vanderpump rolls but i don't think they want to be funny right now
3: yeah no it's like so carefree easy yes. breezy um yeah we get the introduction of west after this yeah he um has reverence for his mom, which we love. Um, he says, you know, because his dad's a cattle rancher and his mom's an OBGYN. He said, at dinner, we talk about cows and vaginas and the levels of um, the grades of vaginal tears. He says, I was a three.
1: I know. I said, I thought he was a three, but it was good that he <laughs> confirmed it. And then he immediately, I loved what Wes did too. He was like, I'll make dinner. Yeah. I'll take the worst room in the house. Yeah. Please give me a tour. He really knew that he had to sing for his supper a little bit, I think.
3: Which is a great way to enter because... You know your place. I liked
1: that. Yeah. And then when he, I don't, I don't remember exactly when it is, but when he starts to cook his dinner, because I think they're hungry instantly. He's or whatever, making quesadillas, we which f- I love. Yeah, I love that too. And we find that Sierra, never in her life before, has she ever wanted to be in the kitchen around anybody who's cooking or ever offered to help. Yeah. But she's compelled by West's energy, and she spends like the two hours cooking chicken quesadillas with him. And she says that she loves that West is just asking her questions, he's being sweet to her, and this is the first genuine attraction that I've seen Sierra have since Austin. And I feel like we didn't even get to see, well actually no. Uh, on I think Winter House season 1, we got to see Sierra be very entranced by Austin. Right. But I love that she that she instantly is compelled by West's chemistry. It was sweet.
3: Yeah. Um Amanda and Paige are shaken to their core. They're like we've never seen her in the kitchen before. Um and then, you know, it's a through line to this episode and probably the whole season, but Amanda's annoyed with Kyle. Their relationship does not seem to be going well.
1: No, they're talking about their eras. Danielle's like, I'm in my freedom era. Uh, They want Sierra to be in her hoe era. I -hmm. forget what other eras. And Amanda goes, well, just so you know, I might be in my no patience era. (laughs) And that specifically is for Kyle. And I watched this episode again, and I didn't really feel this the first time I watched it, but Amanda is so pissed at Kyle. This entire episode. Doesn't really give him anything. Yeah, like, there are so many small moments I saw where she's like, "I don't want your clothes to touch mine." Yeah, and they're in the closet. When she wakes up with him, uh she's like, "Why the hell are you acting like we've been in this room before when we haven't or whatever?" <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa, this energy is not yeah, good."
3: She wants him dead. Yeah. Um, they go to a carnival, which I don't think they've ever done on the show before.
1: This was, f- uh, this was fun. Yeah, a-, a carnival vibe. I don't think we've seen this in the Bravo universe a lot. Yeah, and it really. It was a uh, summer house energy and carnival energy were really intertwined. I was like, It was they giving have... summer
3: fun. Yeah, they,
1: ha- yeah, it was, <laughs> they have carnival energy. I loved, um, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about it, like they're fun at the carnival. Like I like that. Um, I, I watched how Kyle got Mon the banana, you know, yeah. the secret star of this episode. <laughs> All he had to do was do an underhanded throw of a yellow ball into a bucket, and the guy instantly was like, "Here's mine!" And like, I was that was like, a major prize. That was a major prize. Normally, they don't give you those prizes unless you like pay a hundred dollars. Yeah, so no, it was definitely.
3: Was Tilted in their favor yep. um, But yeah Kyle and Amanda have a conversation At the carnival where he's Clearly drunk and being sweet I think um, and he's like I feel like we're off track I feel like whenever I travel and I come back you're not happy to see Me like we're not on the same page um, And she sort of like Makes fun of him
1: um she goes honey or whatever she says just so you know I'm living my life taking care of the dogs and watching TV shows so like I'm not enth- that enthused when you get home and that makes him sad and he says you and I are such a not attached at the hip couple that I would like to spend this summer like being closer to each other but then what we learn later is that immediately Amanda says something like well then why don't we go on this carnival ride together and Kyle says no I'm taking Mon instead and he wants to ride the carnival with Mon as his uh, seat partner on the on the ferris wheel
3: she's like he's full of shit he spent the entire carnival with mon and
1: then they show footage and like uh carl's got mon riding on his shoulders he's pointing uh, out things to mon <laughs> like they're at doing all the different activities together
3: it was a great cut i think at that point jimmy was like uh <laughs> she, he was like this is the best show on bravo
1: <laughs> yes um yeah i mean yeah it, it's it's great i mean we laughed whoa we've got a little bit of uh, I think something that's biden is he in town?
3: He was last week.
1: Also, yeah, when Amanda is criticizing Kyle for being full of shit and saying he spent time with me, uh, it, it, or sorry, he didn't spend time with me when he could have. He spent time with Ma, and they show Kyle's Instagram story, which is so funny. <laughs> he goes, "Look who I'm spending time with." Ma and I are on a ride together, and then he pans over to Ma. Just you know, yeah, and it's very funny like yes. you have to give kyle just the benefit of the doubt there
3: it's great and then west and Ciara go on the ferris wheel and that's cute yeah um and then when they get home they all have stuffed animals everybody won something
1: do you think i mean you assume that every carnival barker was just saying you're on camera we <laughs> want this to look like the best carnival experience yeah it was time. definitely we'll the- juiced
3: yeah um and then they almost everyone joins Paige in bed uh, there's like seven people in the bed. Yes, she couldn't be happier.
1: And she got the she got the um, primary bedroom for the first time in summer house history. She says she's never not shared a room with someone her entire summer house time.
3: Yeah, that's true. And Kyle and Amanda take the a shittier normal room, uh, which I don't know if that's because they, I mean, maybe they're just being nice, but maybe they're like we don't need the primary suite because we don't like each other.
1: Yeah, I I thought I thought it was more like. I thought it was more, we're finally ready to not have the primary to ourselves because they probably had almost every summer, you know, spent every summer having that.
3: Yeah. Um, This is one of my favorite parts. Gabby calls Lindsay and Carl, FaceTimes them. And for some reason, she can't help but tell them how well things have been going so far and that the house feels complete. The vibes couldn't be better
1: um she says she says um we're all just like looking around going who's missing and Lindsay goes well us
3: <laughs> she's basically like it feels like no one's missing no one else needs to be here it's like the, the vibes vo- have never been better um yeah. it's almost like other people in the past that were here that aren't here right now have ruined the vibe um like she basically <laughs> was saying that
1: yeah it's you saying like i she goes, I don't know how to say this. She, they're being completely silent, like <laughs> not loving what she's saying. She goes, It's a completely different house. It's like, I don't know what Gabby was trying to convey there. Were because t-
3: then when she's like, Yeah, we're not there, she's like, Well, obviously, like, it was like she didn't even realize that's yeah. what she was saying. But also,
1: like, okay, so speaking of Gabby, she didn't have a lot of moments besides this very unintentionally fun, funny call yeah. that she has. But like, she is, I guess, clearly on Carl and Lindsay's side, and they kind of just treat Gabby like she's a peripheral figure at the right. house.
3: Else? Do you think that's like the main reason for her return is for her to be an ally? Yeah. Because bridge. otherwise it's like...
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought Maya was a much more engaging cast member than Gabby and Me I too. wasn't sure. Because yeah, I
3: think it's Gabby, Sam. Gabby and Sam were the only real allies to um, yeah. Lindsay and they nixed Sam
1: yeah. and, and, Corey. and does Corey. Did Corey also get the boot? I, guess. I mean, Winterhouse is now, I guess, considered a full-blown flop.
3: Canceled or on pause?
1: On pause. I mean, yeah. until there's some, I guess, reason for it to ever come back. But yeah, I thought that was a very funny phone call. And it's like, we just see Carl and Lindsay dressed in their, you know, American flag t-shirts, <laughs> just kind of just so bummed out. And that's, that's what I was saying. Like, they they lost out on a formative time at yeah. the start of the summer.
3: Which I love, actually. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: it, it's, yeah, I mean, it sucks for them, but...
3: And then they reveal that there's another man who is coming, Jesse Solomon, who is tall. And we talked about this last week, but um, it's almost like there's Bizarro Carl and Bizarro Kyle. Yes. With Jesse and West.
1: Yeah, they are alternate versions. It's like when they were casting, they were like, who the hell can we get to stay on this show and be pivotal friends in this group? Well, what if we got an approximation of Kyle, an approximation <laughs> of Carl?
2: Yeah, it's
3: it kind seems, of
1: perfect. It seems to be working for the most part right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, West, I'm like, I didn't think you could find an approximation of Kyle because he's one in a million in my opinion. But they found a very good, like you know yes
1: so far i'll say west has had no red flags to me as a viewer who is very skeptical of new cast members he's not shown even one second of weirdness no. and that's hard if you're if you're keeping a little secret stinker in you it's really hard not to let little moments of that yeah. shine through so i think we're almost in the clear with west i
3: know i love the moment when he said cuz th- they make a joke the setup is that Jesse is really tall yep. and he's gonna come in and steal the thunder. West has gotten good attention from the ladies, but now once a tall There's, guy comes in, he's gonna steal everything. But he's being
1: playful about it. He's not saying yeah. like I hate this guy. He's like, I've made some good headway with Sierra and I really like her, but what's gonna happen when this very handsome tall man comes in? But he's doing it in a great way. Just no, like a like,
3: funny and not douchey. Yes. He says at one point, he's like, Once a girl told me that I read tall. And I, I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was
1: nice, too. Yeah, and he's not doing anything about, like, ownership of Sierra. He's yeah. not even, like, letting any of that factor into this.
3: Yeah, no. And, um, I mean, Jesse um, doesn't necessarily have red flags immediately. But in the previews, they show that it's going to become an issue that he's hitting on page. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Paige did dispel a little bit of that mystery on Watch What Happens Live, where she was like, Jesse is a nice, sweet, wonderful boy, which makes me think that they never saw any red flags from him. Okay. And she also said that Craig wasn't that bothered that Jesse was hitting on her. So I don't know if that amounts to a lot right, based off her response.
3: Right. Um, then I did enjoy Kyle confides in Paige about Amanda, which I love that we've crossed that bridge because it used to be that... Amanda would confide in Paige and Paige would be like you can't marry him like this is terrible and
1: Hannah was even the worst would go even further than Paige and say this is absolutely one of the worst relationships in the world so yeah Yeah. I love that Kyle that Paige has warmed to Kyle and now she can be a confidant to, to him
3: yeah and uh later Paige then sort of confides in Amanda that Kyle talked to her.
1: Yeah, and Kyle says, yeah, so it's basically, I mean, Kyle got his story across to Amanda instantly by telling, by confiding in in Paige. But he just says that he, in harsher words than he said to Amanda, he says, I am scared shitless by making the next moves, uh, you know, in terms of a family life with Amanda because we are not on the same page about anything work, life. He They show a flashback of uh, Amanda and him, and he's going, we have a meeting on Monday. And she goes, can we make these meetings on Tuesday? Sort of like Garfield energy. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I think ultimately, and then and Paige says this, I think, to Amanda, but she says, um, or, or in her confessional. She goes, ultimately, Kyle is starting to reckon with the fact that this is his wife's personality. Amanda was always this way and she's she hasn't changed Mm -hmm. and he's like has this i guess go getter work ethic or whatever and he blames he says you know he resents amanda for not having that with him but then amanda says that when kyle is stressed out at work he has that go-getter energy but when he's stressed out at work he just takes it out on amanda like she gets the brunt of all of his stress when he comes home yeah and then pins it on other stuff In their relationship when he's just, she thinks he's just stressed out and taking it out on her.
3: Right. Um, Yeah. She, Amanda says that they haven't been doing well since she took that negative pregnancy test on Winterhouse. Yes. um, Which would then be, that was March. So April, May, June. It's been like that's a.
1: three, four months. That's a long time. I mean, I'm I'm not speaking personally, but like six months. I mean, I'm sure maybe that's in store. Half a year. Half a year where you're just not doing good (laughs) with your significant other. Like, wow. I I mean, maybe I'm just very lucky, but that seems like rough. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Um, and and they have a, they have a strong um, disagreement here about what is actually going on in their relationship. If Amanda says it's one thing and he says it's one thing, they really need to yeah. Talk about that and meet in the middle of what this actually is.
3: Yeah, she says he's full of shit. Um, yeah, and
1: that's a, that's kind of a bad sign too. That she's already counted on what his response is, and she already knows what it is, and she already has the counter to it, and won't even validate validate that that his initial um, you know grievance in their relationship. Yeah. That's not a good sign.
3: It also, she just kind of was like flippantly talking shit to anyone who would listen. Yeah, and I was like, not to be like respect your husband but i'm like it feels like she was like gossiping about like her own relationship with her husband
1: yeah and he was sort of just sitting there kind of sipping coffee in the kitchen and i forget what she was saying she was like kyle went on that ferris wheel with mon and then i never talked to him again the rest of the carnival and kyle's just right there kind of just taking it all
3: it just feels like it's like you guys are gonna need to yeah meet in the middle otherwise this is doomed
1: i will say if we're if we're like analyzing it um i do think kyle needs to accept that Amanda has not changed in my eyes. And I'm not saying she's like, I mean, she's like a bed bug. That's like her aesthetic. Like she cherishes time on the couch or home body. Right. Isn't that what people used to say? That's not a bad word. Like there are people like that. I'm, I'm like 70% that. Yeah. And I think that he knew that going in and he is a worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he loves to work and strives or whatever, but I, I don't, I'm not sure why he can't accept that about amanda at this point right i think it's only because they work together and he sees firsthand that she wants to have meetings on tuesday at 11 a.m instead of yeah. monday at eight and it's like well you don't have to witness all these like i don't yeah, know maybe like, there's they a way. should
3: uh, not work together and then their office is connected to their apartment too so it's maybe all just too much
1: yeah i didn't want to say that and especially if amanda like i didn't want to fully say that but especially if amanda still wants to work at lover boy which i assume she, she does but as like co-owners of this company or whatever, I'm sure they could figure out a way for Amanda to be active, but adhere to her own schedule. I mean, it's, it's Kyle's company. Right.
3: Yeah. I'm afraid. Um, You're afraid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I am. I (laughs) guess I, I I, I'm, I'm,
3: they haven't been married very long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're really saying it, um, I think it's not a good sign that two years in they've had, Six months where they have not enjoyed each other's company.
3: Yeah. I mean, I always, whenever shit goes awry, like um, we didn't talk about it, but Portia um, from oh, Atlanta is already getting divorced I know. and joining the show again.
1: I know. I, I'm so excited for Atlanta. Yeah. I can't wait for Portia. I, apparently it's Portia, Kenya, um, Shamia. Do you remember Shamia? Uh-huh. Um, and then three new cast members. Okay. <sighs> yeah. They Marlo to... out. Marlo's out. Sonia's out. We kind of predicted this. I mean, Marlo flopped last season. She did not give uh, an authentic storyline. I'm excited for Atlanta. I think it'll be so good. They need Phaedra. I know it's a (laughs) disservice. I know it's horrible to do to Candy, but Phaedra is at the top of the world. She's got that traitor's glow. (laughs) Yeah. And she's got the married to medicine glow. People are... It's Phaedra's renaissance. And now you I feel
3: like the world... Somehow, even though Atlanta is like the highest rated Housewives ever, I feel like more people are aware of Phaedra through the traitors somehow. Or like maybe people that don't usually watch Housewives watch yeah. that. You know
1: what that, that really is, though? It's that brava, bra- Bravo, Bravo, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like tired. Bravo <laughs> cultivates, i say this all the time, better talent than 90% of all reality shows. So when you get Pilot Pete and yeah. whoever else. <laughs> like a, a Flava Flav on yeah. a reality show, you see a Bravo talent there, Kate Chastain and Phaedra. Like, who the hell are these people? It's because Bravo premium. has... Premium talent. So it's it, Phaedra is a one-of-a-kind talent, but she's also almost par for the course in terms of the talent we're used to. She's in the upper echelon. Yeah. But still, it's more indicative of Bravo's talent than it is just Phaedra being a... Well, she's a shining star. I'm yeah. not trying to negate it, but Maybe I'm just saying. Maybe they
3: can at least make her friend of or something. She can drop in because... Um, Married to Medicine is also it, in Atlanta, right? Yeah. No, so, I,
1: I don't think there would be a conflict because that season is currently airing now. And uh, even if it was a conflict, I mean, I could have her back on Atlanta.
3: Um, but yeah, whenever I see these marriages crumble in short succession, um, like with Kyle and Amanda, I'm like, maybe, like, because they already had problems leading mm-hmm. up to their marriage and then immediately after. And I'm like, then why why did we do it?
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I'm, I like, I'm trying to think about, you know, them really. And like, if they did decide to divorce, like I love their marriage and I love their love and we've seen it. Well, it's been a beautiful love story to the point where it's like one of the best engagements I've ever seen. And, and one of the most, I cried. Yeah. One of the most powerful love stories in Bravo. People don't like, you know, to say that because Kyle cheated, but I still think they overcame a lot to get to where they're at. But I also think that, like, I would be so sad, but if they're both miserable and they do it properly, I, I, you know, I, I, well, I guess what am I trying to say? That it's like, I will still cherish both of them and I think they'll both be happier and it'll be okay if they get divorced. I mean, I'm not so traumatized by. Divorce. Mm. And so it's like, I don't know, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna be that shocked if it happens and I don't think that they're gonna be like miserable for a long time.
3: Yeah. It could go south real fast though with the finances.
1: You oh like very hard to separate. Yeah. yeah. Um
3: she had that prenup too. I forget there were like funny elements to it, like
1: Oh right. Cause she wouldn't like they chastise her for not like looking up what a prenup was for right. a long time. Do you think that there's ever a chance that it could be amicable?
3: I mean, she like hates him already. So if they were actually breaking up, it could be bad. What
1: if he went to the lawyer's room to like discuss their divorce and he opened the door and he had Mon dressed up in a business suit to find <laughs> Mon finalize. is the judge? And then he makes instantly Amanda starts laughing and they get on the good page for the divorce.
3: No, cause she hates Mon. <sighs> She'd be like, this is a conflict of interest.
1: You're right. So that <laughs> would actually not be good, right? Right. Okay. Um, so we do, well, I, I feel like I just said the divorce minute or whatever. But like, if we'd be sad that they parted ways, I, you know, they're still. <laughs> I don't. Why? I, I, I'm trying to justify why why we get so sad about divorce if two people are unhappy and they want to be. Sure. Separate. I
3: mean, it's like it's just we didn't get to. Uh, you know, maybe they'll come through, and this will just be a rough patch or whatever. But like, yeah, on the other token, so like. I don't know if we're going to talk maybe a little bit about Beverly Hills after this. but We should. Um, Speaking they, of divorce. Exactly. <laughs> right. um, they show montages of Kyle Mauricio. And there's no way to say it except that, like, even if they do get divorced, which they will. Yes, um, they w- they will. They had a very successful marriage. I know. Like, you watch it and you're like, they liked each other and loved each other for so long. I've actually never seen a better marriage in my life yes, even if it ends
1: I think Erica says that to yeah. Kyle at some point there's a clip of it she says what are you I think I think it's Erica yeah she says your marriage is a success 30 years yeah of marriage is a full success story the yeah. fact that you've like we're able to handle that and endure that. And you raised your, your children and they love you for life. It's like, that is a full success. And people think it only a successful marriage is you're dead after each other, like no. six months after holding hands or you die in the same <laughs> bed, like the notebook. It's yeah. like, that's not at all. Like no. she needs to consider this a success. You're so yeah, right.
3: Cause they show the white parties year after year after year. And they were like horny for each other. Yes. They were like having fun together, yeah. partying, um, like, you know, ride or die. Like, for each other you know there's a reason why everyone was obsessed with them and even if they break up which they are and it sucks I'm like having like 25 good years is so much better than having yeah. 50 like mid-years
1: yeah you're right It's 25 not 30 I fully agree and I think that's the sentiment I'm bringing into this divorce talk yeah where I'm just like yeah I feel the same way about Kyle and Mauricio I'm like I think you both will be happier yeah, Post.
3: and they're still young enough that they could have an entirely new third phase of life or yeah. whatever, like...
1: Yeah, well, do you want to... I mean, we're, we, we... That was pretty much it for we, Summer House. We, yeah, think. we talked about Summer House. That was yeah. good, and it was... It's great, and the fact that... I'll just say to end this, the fact that Carl and Lindsay were not even present <laughs> except at the White House in little, small snippets, and then the fact that their energy is going to come into the house on an already dynamic group that we already had fun watching... That's gonna put it to the next level. Like, yeah, there is so much good shit that is gonna happen this season of Summer House. So can't wait. It was it was the best case scenario for the first episode.
3: It was really good, despite the ratings. Despite whatever, <laughs> like
1: yeah, that is bad. Everybody people don't has know. To, people have to watch Summer House. Okay, so now let's yeah let's talk about Beverly Hills. I mean, really, the separation is like the biggest thing to say besides yeah. the wonderful <laughs> white party,
3: right? Uh, with a you know a planned by Kevin Beverly Hills, she she she.
1: Kevin Lee is back. I think he got sort of uncancelled in the Bravo universe. I'll just okay. say it, right? Yeah. And uh, Kyle normally has that one party planner that she uses all the time. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. He had been the one Was white- it like Glenn? Glenn. It Why was- do I
3: know his name? That's so
1: stupid. <laughs> no, you saw Glenn for so many years. You saw Glenn for 13 years. It makes sense that you knew his name. I forgot his name, but yeah, she had Glenn, but she was like, Glenn. I'm sorry. I'm planning, um, <laughs> you know, a huge party at SoFi the Stadium. SoFi is
3: out of his scope. I gotta
1: bring in Kevin <laughs> Lee, who is the inspiration for Father of the Bride, Martin right? Short.
3: And then for some reason they put kyle in big letters on the dance floor
1: now how could he have actually done that without kyle's approval do you think that he just knew in his heart of hearts that kyle secretly would not be too mad if her name was on it because that's a big deal it's just
3: kyle not kyla mauricio and erica's performing and it says kyle it just says kyle yeah it's not her birthday
1: yeah i so so you think that kevin lee just took that it was weird
3: i don't know why she would even want that
1: and she goes, "How." Easy would this be to mop <laughs> it up or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I, so for the white party, I did. I was starstruck by the by the cost of it and the glamour of it. Like yeah. it did what it was intended to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you brought Kevin Lee. Did you Did you think it was interesting how many digs at Lisa um, Kyle <laughs> went to bring in know, for the final moment? I was
3: surprised she like said her name and everything. Um, I did feel like the whole thing was a little over the top though because the white party has such humble beginnings yeah. and that's when their family was good. And right. now it's like you lost the plot.
1: Yeah. It could be sort of a, almost a, I was going to say portrait of <laughs> Victorian Gray, but I don't think that's accurate. At <laughs> we, all, but we can work that in every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as the fame and clout and uh, success of Kyle's life, blossoms or whatever and that's the white party yeah. their marriage degraded yeah, the to the point where going in opposite yeah, directions. where Mauricio didn't even know he thought this was <laughs> gonna be in the parking lot of SoFi Stadium or something. I love and that
3: like playback of her telling him everything and then him like just not paying attention and not knowing what the fuck is going on.
1: Yeah so I, I, I yeah you're right it was over the top. That was very and,
3: uh, husband I don't know if you get a lot of uh, relationship memes but it'll be like me after telling uh, my husband our plans for the fifth time and it's the Trump you're just telling me this for the first time
1: every time i get those (laughs) i laugh it's like you said we were going to ikea today or whatever yeah i totally absolutely not yeah
3: um but yeah it felt a little just kind of like i understand it's like the finale episode so they went big or whatever but i love i have reverence for the white party and their old house and how she'd be running around with like curlers in her hair and like lighting candles and it was just like normal and, and
1: Paul <laughs> <laughs> would be up in a tree, sort of like a um, puck esque yes. Shakespearean. Iconically, Midsummer's night,
3: <laughs> um, but it would like always end with like they showed in yes. the montage, like them jumping on like a you yeah. know float in the pool yeah. and like making out, and you're just like, what a fun family! Or like the
1: Chili's to go like rappers, or yeah. Whatever. It's like, yeah, I I, to- I do agree. It was yeah. more of a backyard family gathering, yeah, like
3: barbecue vibes. Yeah. And then it got bigger and bigger and then this was just like what even is this?
1: True. I mean it did feel just like Kyle wanted the biggest finale of all time and they thought it was a lackluster season so they <laughs> wanted some extra mustard on the final party. I did like it for a little bit of Erica Jane redemption. <laughs> it it felt like the um final word on Kyle Jane or sorry whoa, Erica Jane hate a little bit. It yeah. was like look at me now I'm performing my ass when off she
3: walked out walked up in the hood
1: yeah hooded robe and like people would be you know praying for her downfall at that moment or hoping that she flops like whoever like Sutton was probably like I hope she like trips up there Denise, Denise hated it she's like <laughs> she's gonna lip sync up there but I thought Erica performed her ass <laughs> off
3: it was good I wish that we saw her in Vegas
1: me too is, is it over
3: I don't know Oh, I would love to. I, I mean, the word was that it was not a success, but.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I just, I I came uh, away from the season being like on Erica's side again. Yeah. I know that's horrible <laughs> and controversial, but. Kyle was sobbing after I, her performance. I thought it was like uh, like w- what they were all saying, whatever they were saying. Like, this is Erica's comeback. She's yeah. fully back.
3: Dorit said she's a real showman.
1: Yeah, it was cool. And then um they had just had like 20 minutes of that. And then it's the 20 minutes of. Three months later, the scandal, like cameras up, right? Everyone reacting to the news. And I think what Kyle says to the family, I don't know, did you see the buying Beverly Hills clip where Mauricio also tells his side of things to the family? I think I
3: watched a little bit of it on TikTok. Um, And yeah, again, I need to look into more about what the dynamic is of who makes that show versus like if Kyle was pissed about that or if they're in cahoots on that other show, like I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah, So I was saying I was watching it uh, right when you got here and I was saying that I wish, you know, this has been going on for so long that, um, you know, they haven't really told us what's been, tell us what's been going on. And so it's just been like this piecemeal of information over the past like year or whatever. And I'm like this scene with the kids at any other time, if I hadn't just Mm -hmm. been hearing about it for so long, would have been devastating to me. Like I would have been so saddened by it. And I was kind of just like, it didn't affect me as much. I mean, obviously I was sad when like Portia was crying and stuff like that. And I have reverence for this family, but it just was such a long time coming that I was kind of like, yeah, like, Mm -hmm of course. Numb to it.
1: Yeah. Why didn't they, why didn't they do the Summer House edit and give right. us a piece of Portia crying? Did, what, did the timing not work out or they couldn't edit that properly? Because that would have obviously been a very enticing start to Beverly Hills yeah. to have that conversation happen first and right. then watch the season. Cause then we'd be looking at it through right. Carl and Lindsay eyes, like right. their breakup on Summer House. Yeah.
3: I think it must've happened later. Um,
1: I, th- I think the main difference, if I'm uh, not completely wrong was that in the conversation that Kyle has, she says, we're still going to live in the house, but we're kind of going to be a little like living separate lives. We're going to give each other some space and then see what happens. But right now we're sort of separated living within the same house. It was, it was a very minor step towards, separation mm-hmm. and then in buying beverly hills i think mauricio was saying something like yeah i'm gonna live in aspen for a oh, while right. and like so fully undercutting what kyle said that they're going to be having joint lives in the house i right. think that was the main difference
3: yeah um and then uh i guess the big bombshell was then kyle's yes confessional where they asked you know what happened what was the final straw basically and she says there were things that happened that i couldn't forgive or move past from which she's never said anything like that before no
1: And, and she says um and i couldn't get my trust back with him yeah which is the uh nicest way to say that mauricio cheated yeah and i would presume multiple times And after all of those indiscretions, she could never forgive him and doesn't trust him anymore. And I think the reason why Kyle has not said this and won't put this in any of the press materials or anything is for the sake of his daughters.
2: Yeah,
3: I know. Well, then it makes you think, so assuming where there's smoke, there's fire, all these years, every time people said stuff like that, do you think it was probably true and she just was willing to ignore it?
1: I do think so. It's so sad. It's very sad. Um, I think that Kyle is very noble for not wanting to sully the reputation of her children's father. But unfortunately, I think if major things happen in... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to
3: upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: family unit that are due to someone's actions you have to be honest about what happened because then like there's no rationale for what they're going through and it's just like they don't understand and like you could start to blame Kyle for this or something it's like I think that they need to know the truth and Mauricio should have consequences for his actions I mean for actively cheating on Their mom. It's a a horrible thing, but it has to be factored into Mauricio's character. And then they decide whether or not they can forgive him. I mean, this happens a lot. This is a very common occurrence in marriages. Sure.
3: I also saw that Farah broke off her engagement. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. So I don't know if she was like, well... If mom can do it, I can do it.
1: Wow. Yeah. I did not know that at all. Yeah. And it was, it, the scene is sad because Portia is still young and like the other ones are sort of misty eyed. But Portia has like the child, the, the, you know, the child reaction that like her parents are yeah. getting divorced oh or God, on the road to divorce. Feel
3: old as fuck. She was like two years old on I the first season. I kept
1: forgetting how old Portia was <laughs> the entire time because we've just like seen her grow up on Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um... I, I, I thought that that bombshell was not like reported on enough or like taken for what it was.
3: I know. I feel like she's going to have to answer to that at the reunion, but I would be surprised if she would go into it at all. I feel like she's still going to be like, because of my like family, I don't want to yeah. talk about that. You know? Um, I also, uh, where was it? Uh, Kyle and Morgan were posing on a step and repeat somewhere. And uh, Morgan had her hand on Kyle's hip and was like rubbing the side of her body while Aww. they were
1: posing. Aw. Well, <laughs> like, who knows, you know, what's going to happen there? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just
3: like, I just sent it to multiple friends and both, I think your wife, Megan, and another one of our friends was like, imagine if we pose for a photo and I did that too. Like, it's fucking weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess until they clarify, I just like do not care. I think I do not put it past Morgan that she is purposefully creating provocative scenarios so to keep this guessing game going sure but i don't know why if you're really gonna do this everyone would love it and be so happy like just say it right you're out of a relationship but i I, this the mystique is what is annoying to me because either way we're gonna be fine with it
3: yeah uh i think andy asked at the reunion they show a clip where she's like would you date morgan and the cut is like her going oh um,
1: yeah like um, thinking
3: about it like maybe yeah so um, so i'm excited for the reunion actually i think this might be a case of the reunion being better than the season But I don't know.
1: I think so too. I think because that they are going to focus on the things that really matter and not focus on Anna Marie's. It's distilled to the powerful moments and we're going to enjoy this reunion a lot. It seems like a lot of stuff has happened. Hopefully Andy gets the proper answer to whatever's going on with with Morgan Wade and Kyle. And yeah, and I want to say that that at the start of Beverly Hills, I sort of forgot Kyle's impact on me personally. And I've like come around on thinking Kyle is one of my favorite housewives wow in the top 20 okay i like fully had a resurgence on <laughs> Welcome Kyle. And back. I think I, yeah and i think <laughs> i i i discounted her power
3: her legacy her
1: legacy and i feel bad about that i feel yeah. like kyle is having a moment now and she's going through some real hard shit and um yeah so i'm i'm excited ugh,
3: bring back i feel like ugh, it would be so powerful if post divorce her and lvp became friends again
1: this could be the bridge back lisa would say Do you remember when I planted that magazine in Brandy's (laughs) luggage to go to wherever that trip was? Yeah. Well, I was doing that as a favor to you because I knew Mauricio was cheating. And uh,
2: yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, Lisa should start planning for a new phase. I think
1: her, she would be utilized much better on Beverly Hills than she is on Vanderpump rules now because they actively would want to be friends with Vanderpump there Whereas the cast of Vanderpump Rules doesn't necessarily want to be friends with Lisa where they're going over all the time and talking right. to her. So it's time to go back to Beverly Hills for Lisa. If she wants, if she <laughs> yeah. still wants the her time in the sun, which Right, I think she does. Yeah.
3: I'd be shocked if she did do that, but it would be amazing.
1: I'd be a little mad at her for being a hypocrite for missing that final reunion about Lucy, oh, yeah. Juicy, Apple Goosey. There are so many people who have dealt with so much worse and gone to the reunion <laughs> yeah. than Lisa that that was like... That was so shitty of her.
3: Yeah. Whack. I mean, the end.
1: Whack as hell. <laughs> okay. Well, we, I feel good about our time. We fit it all in. Management skills. <laughs> Vanderpump, Beverly Hills, Summer House. And I feel like we didn't do any short shrifting on any of them, right? No, I Due think diligence.
3: we said it all. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. And we mentioned
1: it all. We mentioned it all. So you feel favorable in terms of our impact this episode, right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I give us a B plus.
3: Okay. What about an A?
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I was waiting for what you would say. A minus. Okay. Um, so let's just do that uh, business at the back. What do oh, yes. we call that? Turtle time. What do rate call it? and review. Yeah. Rate.
3: Subscribe on YouTube.
1: Yeah, cuz every time we ask our little turtle cuties to say how much they love us, we get like three or four reviews that are so sweet. We only have gotten two one-star reviews <laughs> and one is the worst thing I've ever read in my life. Really? One of the meanest, yeah, mean and and horrible. And it sort of goes really against our philosophy of only saying <laughs> something nice in the reviews. But oh I don't want to I don't want
3: Now I'm going to have to go look.
1: I didn't want to entice people to go look at our really bad review, but if you did enjoy this, no matter how much you enjoyed it, obviously we love four and five stars, but if you enjoyed this and you spent almost three hours with us, let us know on Apple reviews or Spotify because those really bump us up in the ratings. Yes. And we've never said this because we don't want to have schadenfreude and we don't want to be little stinkers, but I think we are officially, now we can say we are the last turtle time standing. Is that true? Uh, When's the
3: last episode of the other one? December 14th. Wow. Not looking good. I mean,
1: so after we went to BravoCon, which is around November, and we sort of started to usurp their fan base by going to Spotify and Apple headquarters and getting their
3: Audience. someone's knocking on the door really no. Who?
2: it's Ramona
1: Aver- so they have not had an episode since December 14th this is not slander this is not being being mean it's objective fact that they have not had an episode since December 14th you can look at their turtle time they had no rationale for why they stopped it okay. wasn't like we're taking a two-month break right <laughs> so I think I mean they could always pick it up but for now as of now we're the last turtle time it was a well We
3: welcome all listeners from over there to us. We have no intention of stopping.
1: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, obviously it's probably shocking when they go to their podcast app and turtle time was, you know, (laughs) our turtle time was injected into their feed. But whatever, if you did like, if you do enjoy this, please, you know, rate and review. And then if you need even more turtle time in your life, we're having the time of our lives over on our Patreon, Mm -hmm. the Villa Rosa VIP program with some of the most Beautiful people you've ever seen in your life are Villarosa VIPs. It's true. And we recap Vanderpump Rules from the very beginning, and we just got to Vanderpump Rules season four, episode two. Yeah, right. New blood. It's good shit. It's so good, and it's so easy and carefree and fun to talk about that. And we're yeah, it's just and it's also so fun to go back and look at it through this new lens that we're at now, this post scandal yeah. lens.
3: You almost. Appreciate it more than
1: ever before. Yeah. So that's it. You know, is that any? Do we uh, ask of anything else of our little um, turtle cuties at the end? I think that's all. Um, yeah, we love you. We love you so much. Go to sleep now. I don't know where you're at, but just take a little nap. And then the next time, potentially when you wake up, there will be some new form of turtle time in your life. If you just go about life listening to <laughs> turtle time, going to sleep, and then waking up hoping there's more turtle time. Yes. All right. Okay. We love you so much. Good night.
2: Bye. Swan's